0: Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to blacktalkradionetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk, black talk. you know,
1: The cat Sons beat the Milwaukee Bucks last night in the first game of the NBA Finals, but the spotlight is being pulled from those who play basketball to those who talk about basketball due to a scandal brewing at ESPN. The network replaced sideline reporter Rachel Nichols, who's white, after comments she made came to light about her African-American colleague, Maria Taylor. NPR Sports correspondent Tom Goldman joins us. Hey, Tom.
2: Hi, Mary Louise.
1: Okay, so let's start with what happened here. What happened with Rachel Nichols? mm
2: well, last summer, uh, during the NBA's bubble in Florida, she was having a phone conversation with someone in her hotel room after finding out um, she wouldn't be getting the host job for ESPN's marquee program, NBA Countdown, during the NBA Finals. And she suggested the woman who was getting the job, Maria Taylor, who's African-American, as you mentioned, got it because of her race.
1: Oh, and we know exactly what she said, because it turns out there was, there was a hot mic on in her hotel, in her hotel room.
2: Yes, yeah, so beware the hot mic. Yeah. And it recorded her saying, um, saying this, and I'm quoting, I wish Maria Taylor all the success in the world. She covers football, she covers basketball, and Nichols continues. If you need to give her more things to do because you are feeling pressure about your crappy longtime record on diversity, which, by the way, I know personally from the female side of it, Go for it. Just find it somewhere else. You are not going to find it from me or taking my thing away. Uh, now, also in the phone conversation, the person Nichols was talking to, a white male, said this. I'm exhausted between Me Too and Black Lives Matter. I got nothing left, and Nichols laughed. Now, Mary Louise, this all has become a scandal now because part of the tape recently leaked. The New York Times had the full story this past weekend. And it blew up, of course, on social media. ESPN, ESPN announced it was replacing Nichols as a sideline reporter during these finals games with Malika Andrews, who's African-American. But the network said Nichols would keep hosting her NBA show, The Jump. Hmm. And what is Nichols saying now about all this? Well, she apologized on the jump, and here is a bit of what she said. But I also don't want to let this moment pass
3: without saying how much I respect, how much I value our colleagues here at ESPN, how deeply, deeply sorry I am for disappointing those I hurt, particularly Maria Taylor.
1: I'm thinking, Tom, this is all coming during the finals. The NBA mm-hmm. wants everybody to focus on the basketball on the game, especially after this, you know, really tough season during the pandemic. What what is the NBA saying about all this?
2: Um, Well, yesterday in his pre-finals press conference, Commissioner Adam Silver said it's disheartening, and he echoed what many have said. It's unfortunate two women are being pitted against each other here when having competent female broadcasters in such a male-dominated world uh, as the NBA, that should be celebrated. Uh, He also raised the question delicately, because the NBA and ESPN are partners, about why the network has taken so long to deal with this issue. Since this was known about at ESPN headquarters soon after, happened a year ago. Here's
4: Commissioner Silver. I would have thought that in the past year, maybe through some incredibly difficult conversations, that ESPN would have found a way to be able to work through it. Uh, Obviously not.
1: Speaking of incredibly difficult conversations, Tom, do we know if those are happening inside ESPN?
2: Um, They reportedly have, and those conversations have been sometimes heated, sometimes acrimonious. The New York Times article quotes Maria Taylor as saying about ESPN, being a front-facing black woman at this company has taken its toll physically and mentally. The network, through a spokesman, said ESPN emphasizes diversity, inclusion, and equity. But, you know, this is a story that resonates beyond one open mic in ESPN. Uh, all, All aspects of society, obviously, are dealing with diversity and inclusion, right Hopefully so. One hopes Nichols' words are being talked about in discussions everywhere.
1: Uh, is NPR sports correspondent Tom Goldman. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. Little brother,
5: I heard y'all ain't hitting in New York. Word.
0: I heard y'all ain't hitting in L.A. Word, word. word. I heard y'all ain't hitting in North Carolina. North
2: Carolina.
6: This is WFAE News. I'm Gwendolyn Glenn. Investigative journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones says she will not teach at UNC Chapel Hill's journalism school, but instead has accepted a position at Howard University. She made the announcement today on CBS This Morning. Her decision follows an extended and public fight over whether UNC would give her tenure. Joe Killian of the left-leaning NC Policy Watch, who has interviewed both Hannah Jones and Walter Hussman Jr., the major donor who emailed concerns about Hannah Jones to university leaders, joins us now. Joe, based on your conversations with Nicole Hannah-Jones, did she say anything that hinted at her announcement this morning to pass on the teaching offer at UNC for an opportunity to teach at Howard University in Washington, D.C.?
7: Well, I think she's... Expressed dissatisfaction with the process throughout. The fact that Walter Hussman, who should have been completely outside of this process, was pretty intimately involved, that he had multiple conversations with the dean of the journalism school, with Chancellor Kevin Guskowitz, and reportedly with a board of trustees member as well, was disturbing to her.
6: But did she hint at anything? In terms of taking the position at Howard, because I'm sure she probably has received lots of offers since all of this um, started.
7: Yeah, when I interviewed her yesterday, she said that she began getting offers and uh, people reaching out to her from different institutions on the day that our first story ran breaking this saying, uh, we'll not only offer you tenure, but also respect.
6: Well, now, UNC said little about why they withheld giving her tenure, and there are reports it was because of pushback from conservatives. Uh, Hannah Jones is best known for her work with the New York Times Magazine 1619 Project, which focuses on race in America and commemorates the 400th anniversary of the first enslaved Africans arriving in Virginia. In your reporting, you interviewed Walter Hussman Jr. What did he tell you about her work on the 1619 Project and the role That played, if any, in his concerns about her.
7: It seemed to be at the center of of his concerns, although he also expressed dissatisfaction with an essay that she wrote about the concept of reparations to black Americans for slavery.
6: But did he say specifically what? He was concerned about about the 1619 Project. He pointed to
7: criticisms that uh, the 1619 Project has gotten from historians who take issue with some of her characterizations, chiefly claims about people who were involved in the Revolutionary War and uh, the fight for American independence being driven by the desire to maintain slavery in the States.
8: Do
6: you know what the policy is at uh, UNC Chapel Hill in terms of Keeping politics out of decisions such as this?
7: Well, there's no keeping politics out of decisions such as this, at least at this level, because the entire UNC Board of Trustees, they're all political appointees. They're appointees either of the members of the Board of Governors, the UNC System Board of Governors, who are all political appointees, or directly of the North Carolina General Assembly.
6: Now, this was a very public battle over tenure all the way to this morning's announcement on national television. It also mobilized black and white students, faculty. What impact do you think this will have on the university going forward? Well, I think it's important
7: to look at this as part of a continuum of controversial public discussions about race and politics at UNC and in the UNC system of there have been, uh, fights over naming or renaming buildings on UNC's campus that are named for people who were uh, slaveholders and people who were avowed white supremacists. And now we, we get to this, which is at its heart is a, a battle over what, what you can say in academia about history and race and who gets to say that. So um I, it, it's it's having a measurable effect on UNC Chapel Hill. There are uh, Black faculty who are talking about leaving. There are Black faculty who have left and who have talked about this as at least part of their decision. And there are students who are leaving and talking about leaving. And there are people who they've been unable to recruit, who they were strongly trying to recruit because of this.
6: Anything else you'd like to add that I didn't ask you about this?
7: Uh You know, I think a lot of people look at this as a culture war thing, that uh, it's part of this ongoing culture war over race and politics. It's really important also to look at it from an academic freedom standpoint. I think a lot of the faculty are concerned that if you have to pass some sort of political litmus test to get tenure at universities, then you're not going to see people with unpopular opinions or controversial scholarship do that. And that's that's a, a linchpin of academic freedom.
6: Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Glad to help. Joe Killian is with NC Policy Watch and has been reporting on the battle at UNC Chapel Hill over tenure for New York Times Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist Nicole Hannah-Jones. She announced this morning that she will take a position at Howard University and HBCU in Washington, D.C. as a Knight Chair in Race and Investigative Journalism faculty position.
9: Right now, delivering the things people need has never been more important. To all of our Amazon retail heroes, on the floor, in the air, and behind the wheel, we want to thank you. We'll continue to do everything we can to keep you healthy, safe, and protected. The work you are doing means everything right now. Thank you.
1: New York City held a ticker tape parade today to celebrate the local heroes who kept the city going during the pandemic. As WNYC's Karen Yee reports, confetti rained down on bodega owners and nurses and transit workers, to name a few, in a time-honored New York tradition.
10: The last ticker tape parade here was in 2019 to celebrate the U.S. women's soccer team after their World Cup win. The 130-plus year tradition has commemorated John Glenn, the first American to orbit the Earth, and Charles Lindbergh, the first solo pilot to fly nonstop from New York to Paris. But the heroes celebrated today aren't exactly famous. They're just beloved.
0: Normally, we're looking at uh, either a Super Bowl team or a World Series champ. And uh And now it's the workers who don't get the recognition that they they truly deserve
9: on a a daily basis.
10: Sanitation worker Roy Taminia was one of the hundreds of essential workers gathered on floats that rolled down a mile-long stretch of Broadway in downtown Manhattan. Crowds of spectators cheered teachers, park workers, delivery drivers, and doctors. Everyday people who, during the darkest days of the pandemic, provided New York City a lifeline. They kept things moving, people fed, and nursed many back to health. People like 60-year-old Robbie Tamargo, who is still recovering from COVID. I wanted to
11: come out and support the people who saved my life.
10: Shredded paper confetti filled the air, as did drum lines and bagpipers. Workers waved to their neighbors, family, and sometimes their coworkers. Bill Bailey is a paramedic with Lenox Hill Hospital. Holding his arms wide, he couldn't stop smiling amid the cheers.
9: I'm soaking it in, and, and I can't believe it's me walking down Broadway in a parade honoring me.
10: Nurse Sharon Sr. likens this parade to a deep collective exhale. We are making progress, and I think that's what New York City needs that sense of uh, comfort and knowing that we were there for you, and you are here for us now. It was Mayor Bill de Blasio who decided to hold the celebration, saying he wanted to show his appreciation for the city's workers, now that the worst of the pandemic was behind them.
12: Because before we did anything else in the way of celebrations in this city, we needed to thank the people who saw us through
13: COVID.
10: That included Nurse Sandra Lindsay, who led the parade because she was the first person to receive the COVID vaccine. For NPR News, I'm Karen Yee in New York. You
14: think she realized by now it's the hair? It's all about the hair.
10: A Nashville
15: hairstylist is pushing the salon industry to address racism that disregards black culture and black clients from Nashville Public Radio, Ambriel Crutchfield reports.
16: When Amber Curry started learning at Nashville's Aveda Institute, she saw black folks weren't being welcomed like white clients.
14: No one was really being a hairstylist, you know, taking their craft seriously and being prepared for every person to sit in their chair.
16: Well, now as a former Aveda Institute teacher, Curry wants to address that discomfort with her program, Black Beauty School.
14: So, we turn the blow dryer on. High heat, high fans, And I'm going to run the blow dryer down the hair.
16: It's a six-hour class in which 25 attendees up, learn practical skills to make their salons more inclusive. Stylists who have little experience doing black hair get hands-on about what products and techniques are needed to do natural hairstyles, like a twist-out, bantu knots, or a wash-and-go. Employers and school administrators have used hair to discriminate. That has triggered civil rights lawsuits and pushed some cities like Cincinnati and states like California to create legislation protecting black women's crowns. The military has had its problems, too.
17: Specifically how many cornrows
14: they can have, how big they are, the parties, how big the bun can be. Um,
16: But things are changing on this. In May, the U.S. Army further relaxed some of their grooming standards to prevent hair loss, and to allow people to express their cultural and gender identity. For centuries, black women have embraced the versatility of their hair. Cicely Tyson, Lil' Kim, Michelle Obama, and Chloe and Halley have created new standards for self-expression. That impacts black women and international beauty culture. Throughout the United States, beauticians have called out beauty schools, for not fully preparing students to service black clients.
14: And i like to let them hear that squeak, like, hey, that's what you should hear when yes. you clarify, because that means, yeah.
16: So that leaves white stylists like Brooke Julian struggling over the basics, like washing care.
3: And I know that this seems like a dumb little thing, but, like, I had no idea that you were, like, supposed to get the hair clean enough to squeak.
16: Julian and other stylists also got to hear black hair models share the ways race and privilege have unraveled in the salon chair. Jasmine Ellis talked about her traumatizing experience getting a green hair dye and pixie cut. By the time I left the salon, my hair was at least green, but it was split, crunchy, not that soft, light
18: kind of feeling that you get when you go to a salon.
16: Ellis was stunned that no stylist consulted her or offered alternatives that would have protected her hair. In America, beauty isn't just a fun way to switch up your look. It's been about power, too. Tiffany Gill is a history professor at Rutgers University. She says one of the ways white Europeans justified enslaving African people was because of their physical features. Even today, when we think about standards of beauty, um, it much has to do with
19: hierarchies of power and access.
16: Black people have always leaned into that power, whether it's supporting businesses like Madam C.J. Walker's, She's the first Black woman millionaire who made a fortune off catering her homemade line of hair care products to Black women. Or today, when Black people continue to embrace beauty standards that include their natural hair. Stylist Amber Curry says the Black Beauty School isn't about white guilt.
14: I want for Black folks to be able to enjoy self-care, but
16: also to go out and to walk into any salon and to know that they are going to be treated equally. She wants stylists to have the skills to pamper Black clients. The Black Beauty School recently finished sessions in Portland, Oregon. For NPR, I'm Ambriel Crutchfield in Nashville.
0: Take this job and shove it. I ain't working here no more woman done left and took all the reason I was working for you better not
3: Time now for a quiz. What do Amazon, Disney World, and Dickie Joe's Burgers in Eugene, Oregon all have in common? Well, they're all offering $1,000 sign-on bonuses right now. That kind of cash payout may sound tempting, but NPR's Andrea Shu says that for low-wage workers, it may be little more than a quick fix. With a
11: record 9 million jobs open in the U.S., Ann Elizabeth Conkle has noticed more and more job postings with the words hiring bonus in them. I mean, it's eye-catching. Conkle is an economist with the Indeed Hiring Lab. She's found such postings on Indeed's job site have doubled since a year ago. Employers are clearly desperate for workers and offering cash to lure them.
8: Just in the nursing category, it goes from 100 To $30,000. That is a tremendous
1: amount of money.
11: After all, these are not Wall Street jobs where big bonuses are the norm. For employers, sign-on bonuses can be a great tool. For starters, Conkle says... It's a one-time cost. In other words, you're not stuck paying a higher wage week after week, year after year. Also, it's flexible. Once they get enough staff,
20: they can drop the hiring incentive if they choose.
11: Now, those reasons are also why hiring incentives are not always so good for workers. We are not fans of one-time relief. In general, wages need to go up. Saru Jayaraman is president of the advocacy group One Fair Wage. They've been calling for higher wages for workers who earn tips. She says, think about it. For someone working in food service, a one-off $1,000 bonus is hardly life-changing. That might cover
10: maybe groceries, maybe a part of my rent for a month, and then I'm back where I started. And so if I thought this job didn't work before,
11: in a month, it's still not going to work. You're much better off negotiating a higher starting wage. But David Madlan of the Center for American Progress says that's not something low-wage workers can typically do.
2: Almost by definition, low-wage workers have very little bargaining power.
11: Sure, you can ask for a few dollars more an hour instead of the signing bonus. And who knows, maybe in this labor market you'd succeed. But traditionally, Madland says, employers have not been open to such negotiations.
2: They don't want to set a precedent because then they might have to raise wages for the next person who comes along in the job or the people who are already in the job.
11: What workers can do and have been doing this year is refuse to take a job at the wage being offered. That's forced employers to bump up the hourly pay. A survey of small businesses found a third of employers raise pay in May. But if you are considering that big signing bonus, here's another thing to know. You often have to stay in a job for months before getting the full amount. Tiana Mitchell, a restaurant server in Miami, recently took on a second job at a fancier restaurant that was offering a $1,000 bonus. But she quickly realized the tips at the new place weren't better. And it was too many hours. It was severely understaffed. That's why I was working so much. So after two months, she quit, forfeiting half her bonus, $500, which she would have gotten at the three-month mark. Now she's back to working one restaurant job. But nothing as far as searching for the next signing bonus. Instead, she's using the time to study. She wants to get a license to sell insurance. It's a move Paulo Varquez would approve of. He's a career counselor at Coastline Community College in Orange County, California. He says, yeah, signing bonuses might sound great, but your focus should be on the long term.
15: You know, is this job going to provide me with relevant experience and skills for my career goal?
11: That, he said, should be the motivating factor, not hundreds of
3: dollars of cash. Andrea Shu, NPR News. The worker shortage in the U.S. has been a boon to some. Teen workers are in high demand. Teen unemployment is the lowest it's been since the early 1950s, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. It's down to the single digits. Some businesses are relying more heavily on teens and young workers to help them fill roles usually reserved for people who are a bit older with more work experience. One small business based in Asheville is a good example. Evans Prater is the founder and CEO of Mount Inspiration Apparel. His general manager, Mary Grace Flattery, is just 19 years old. They join us now. Thank you both for being here. Hi. Hi. So Evans, let's start with you. What's this year been like for your company?
13: Well, it's been quite a roller coaster. We actually have opened our third location and unexpectedly been expanding quite a bit through this whole pandemic experience, Um, but at the same time, We've uh, definitely relied quite heavily on uh, younger workers as they seem to be the the only ones who are uh, responding to our our ads and calls for uh, employment.
3: Well, let's turn to you, Mary Grace. You're managing multiple retail stores at just 19. Is this the kind of responsibility you expected at this age?
20: Um, not necessarily. It more so fell into my lap. I've worked in lots of leadership roles kind of throughout my past jobs, but definitely never thought at this young of an age, I would have this much responsibility.
3: So Evans, what did you see? I know that you said a lot of people weren't responding, but what did you see in Mary Grace that made you think, okay, she's 19. She can handle a promotion to general manager.
13: Yeah, that was, um, a very interesting time period. Uh, we had been going through a couple general managers uh, who just weren't a great fit. And Mary Grace actually started with us when we opened our second retail store last October. And it was kind of just one of those, you know, the second I had a moment to actually work beside her, I saw that she just really understood everything that needed to be done around her and understood how to deal with customers really well and with other employees quite well. And I just kind of stuck that knowledge in my back pocket until um, in January we you know, decided that it was time for another general manager, and rather than go through the whole hiring process uh, again, I asked Mary Grace if she felt like she could step into the role, uh, knowing what I knew about her prior performance, and um, she's been absolutely amazing, so... It's uh, feels like a very lucky and, and good move uh, all around,
3: but also a move I imagine wouldn't have happened if you didn't find yourself in this situation.
13: Correct. Um, I, I definitely think that for whatever reason, with uh, so many teenagers <laughs> being available—not to dog on Mary Grace, but as a you know a numbers game—and we went through enough people and um, had enough young people at the time that we finally found someone who was really, really good.
3: Mary Grace, what are some of the benefits of being a young manager?
20: Um, I think one of the biggest things is being able to really relate to everyone that works closely with me um, and being able to manage people who are of a similar age. Um, There's definitely struggles to that, but I think more than anything, I can use it to my advantage because I can understand where they're at in life and relate to them on a a friend level more than just a manager level. Is it ever hard um to be managing some people that are
3: significantly older?
20: Yes, it is definitely a lot more of a struggle, I would say, managing people that are older than me just with the typical stereotype of having a younger manager. And a lot of times they don't want to listen to me because they are older than me. Now, Evans, you said
3: that a lot of the reason your staff is younger right now is because they're the ones applying for the jobs and, and taking these jobs. Are you a little worried about what might happen in the fall with people going back to school?
13: Um, I was a little worried about what would happen in the fall. It looks like we have hit a really interesting sort of cycle where we have some people who return to uh, Boulder and Asheville During the summer and winter break periods, and uh, those people, you know, seem like they're going to be uh, regulars during those times. Then they leave for the fall um, and spring semesters. And on the reverse side of that, we have people who come back to uh, those towns because they're college towns. So I think we might actually be okay. Um, It's looking like we've got quite a few people uh, leaving and quite a few people returning who are all in that teenage and, and college demographic. So, fingers crossed.
3: It's interesting, Evans. Y- you're investing in young people, and we've seen in today's workforce that people bounce around a lot, company to company. Is is this a strategy to create a long term workforce that might stay with you long term?
13: Well, I'm sure hoping so. Um, it seems like you know we we do have that typical amount of quote unquote young person turnover. But we do have some really valuable people who are quite young, obviously, like Mary Grace and several other managers, and even some uh, 18- and 19-year-old interns who are working on some really fascinating and intricate uh, projects for me right now. And I would be very uh, honored and grateful to, you know, whenever they're ready to graduate, see if they would like to continue to work for us. Time has yet to to tell, but it does seem like it could, you know, if you if you treat your people properly uh, and with enough kindness and respect, it seems like it it really could be an actually a uh, pretty good long term strategy.
3: Now, Mary Grace, I know we have your boss on the line, but do you see yourself in this job long term or at this company long term?
20: Yes, I see it being my forever career.
3: Evans Prater is the founder and CEO of Mount Inspiration Apparel. Mary Grace Flattery is the general manager. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I was doing at 19? I was a grocery store clerk, so I'm very (laughs) impressed.
13: I was dropping out of college and driving across the country living in my Ford Explorer, so...
3: Well there you go. well it turned out alright though. Turned out all right. <laughs> ah, Sunday, coffee
15: and oranges in a sunny chair, as the line from the Wallace Stevens poem goes. For many office workers, that line could also describe Monday and Tuesday and the rest of the week spent working from home for the last year or so, after organizations shuttered offices to promote social distancing. Gallup says some 70% of the workforce in white-collar jobs, which they define as occupations traditionally performed in offices or behind a computer, is still working from home. And more than half of them want to stay remote as much as possible.
9: Well, workers, don't raise your hopes too high. Employees think that just because they want it, they're going to get it. And that kind of goes a little bit against the social contract that exists between the employer and the employee.
15: That's Tom Gimble. He runs the staffing and recruiting firm LaSalle Network in Chicago. In March, LaSalle sent out a survey asking over 350 top executives and HR heads what they plan to do about returning to the office. And
9: 70% of companies plan to bring their employees back to the office in the fall of 2021.
15: As vaccination rates improve and the number of serious COVID cases trends downward, that's only looking more likely. But those CEOs were saying that in March. So what was driving their opinions then?
9: Innovation, collaboration, and retention. When there's people in a conference room that can see each other's eyes and get the feeling of the energy, that that creates collaboration and it sparks innovation. And Mm -hmm. it's a heck of a lot easier To leave a company when you don't go in every day and you don't have as many relationships. And that's what Mm -hmm. happens when you're working from home. And so, if companies can get people together, they're going to create more and they're going to be happier and want to stay there longer.
8: I'm Alexia Cambon. I'm a research director at Gartner, where I head up research looking at the employee experience. So, we polled white collar workers, office workers, and asked them what it was that they had really enjoyed about working remotely over the course of the pandemic. And we found a couple of things. So the first one is that they just enjoyed having more control over their work environment. So employees with a disability, for example, were all of a sudden able to design work in a way that suited them. Same thing for women. Another piece that we found was a greater ability to integrate personal and professional obligations. You know, we don't, really realize how much time commuting takes from us. And I think we're starting to understand now that it takes away from personal time. It is time away from loved ones, from our children, from our hobbies. But the pressure to return to the office isn't just coming from the C-suite.
15: Cities are eager to have their commuters back commuting again.
12: Des Moines has a very large employment base downtown, and we have somewhere between seventy and 80,000 workers who work downtown.
15: Jay Byers is president and CEO of Des Moines Partnership, which helps foster economic and community development. His job is to lure employees to his city and to make sure there's a healthy amount of businesses to serve those employees, restaurants and dry cleaners and entertainment venues.
12: We have the highest concentration of insurance workers actually in the country, and so, you know, when COVID-19 hit, a large number of those employees, uh, you know, started working from home and, and all these companies made these pivots, which, but as you can imagine, um, it definitely made the streets of downtown Des Moines very, very quiet.
15: Have you been lobbying bigger businesses to make sure workers return? I mean, what has been your sort of role in that?
12: Yeah, so we have definitely led by example. Our entire team is, has been back and we've been activating our events as well, too, um, our farmer's market in downtown Des Moines, which um, on any given Saturday attracts more than 20,000 people. We've been up and running since the beginning of May. We hosted the do Tour for professional skateboarding a couple of weeks ago. So there's a lot going on. We're definitely leading by example and, and trying to create that fear of missing out.
15: The labor department reported Friday that employers added 850,000 jobs in June, beating expectations and well above the previous 3 months' average. That's a strong labor market, and it means that an office worker who's not so keen to go back to the office full time or to spend so much time commuting may just have some leverage. And that may come to the benefit of places well like Des Moines.
12: We have had a number of folks who have moved here who, you know, are still working, you know, in other cities as well.
15: Well, we had roughly 300 people we hired in the last year. Christy K. Burma is Executive Vice President of Human Resources at Athene Holding, an insurance company with offices in New York City, Stanford, Connecticut, El Segundo, California, Hamilton, Bermuda, and West Des Moines, where she works.
6: We are starting to see applicants from larger cities because larger cities have a higher cost of living and they have commuting issues. So they can move to a more affordable, thriving community like Des Moines. So we are starting to see that trend.
9: CEOs need to make a decision of what kind of company they want to have. Tom Gimbel of LaSalle Network. Now, I'm not saying, just because I like having people in the office and think it's best, I'm not throwing stones at people that don't. And I think that if you want to have a company that's completely remote, Godspeed, I think that's great. I think we all have to pick how we run our companies, and employees have to pick what type of company they want to work for and where the prioritization is of those things.
15: Alexia Cambon at Gartner agrees and says employers and employees both have an opportunity now to reimagine office work.
8: We're kind of in this pivotal moment in time where we shouldn't just be recreating what we used to do. We shouldn't just be virtualizing the office and we shouldn't be going back to what we were doing pre-pandemic. What we saw a lot of organizations do during the pandemic was to effectively just Virtualize the way that they had worked in the office, so to just recreate um, how we used to work uh, in the office at home, and that has been causing real issues for employees. That has been driving real fatigue.
9: Well, we don't know what the long-term repercussions of everybody working remotely is, and in one side of the of society, we say that mental illness is just as big of a health risk as physical illness. But yet we have mental illness coming as a result of isolation, working alone and not being in an office, and it's being discounted because people want it. And that, to me, is lunacy.
8: I think the way to think about the office now is to really understand what is worth commuting into the office for. What is it that the office can offer us that the home environment or the third space cannot? And this is where companies are going to have to get very good at doing that analysis for their specific value proposition, for their specific culture.
15: So maybe my plans of hosting weekend edition from a beach in Portugal or Greece, we'll just have to wait.
4: Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy today's date friday july 9 2021 so i have been told this is our weekly broadcast neutralizing workplace racism this broadcast not for spectators if we have victims of white supremacy anywhere in the known universe, if you have figured out some things where you don't have the typical problems that we heard about in the segment, they don't have audio recordings of your white coworkers mocking you and saying, you know, hey, if they're going to promote this Negro, you know, don't promote this Negro to my job. You know, I support diversity and BLM and all this other foolishness, but I mean, hey, get your own piece of cornbread. They don't have audio like that. Your colleagues, they authentically celebrate your success and cheer you on and help you out and want to see you do well in the workplace. Your employees, they support you and your health decisions. If you want to be home, you want to come in, make it happen. Whatever's going to support your health, your well being, well being of the company. That's the type of work environment that you enjoyed regularly. How did you do it, sister? How did you do it, brother? Share. Let us know so we can try and emulate your good times. The number is 720-716-7300. The code five six four, four pounds Press star six, one if you would like to participate the number again 720 716 7300 the code 564943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate you can also email untiljustice at gmail.com. justice at gmail.com. We can keep it anonymous if you have thoughts, recommendations, suggestions, blah, blah. The audio segments that we heard at the beginning, my goodness, so many things in the news this past week. Really, the whole time through covid, there's been just lots and lots of dialogue about what's happening in the workplace and how things have changed and all that. And then the protests as well. Okay, so they start off with the whole nonsense with Rachel Nichols at ESPN. I don't watch ESPN. I don't think this is the most important component of workplace racism. However, this is very common. Number one, before we go any further, Rachel Nichols is affirmative action. If there's going to be any talk about diversity and inclusion and all the rest of it, white women like Rachel Nichols are the undisputed champions of affirmative action in fact her entire career that doesn't mean that she didn't work hard and all that other nonsense but I mean there is a long record of loafing white people who didn't work hard and hey just because I'm a white woman I'm a white man in the system of white supremacy hey I'm an expert in you know all the rest of it either way uh, Rachel Nichols For her to be the star at ESPN, that right there is the power of white supremacy, racism, and the power of white women. Can't have a system of racism without white women. We talked about, or at least I have talked about this for years, that it's all nonsense. White women, we're co-victims, and it's white patriarchy, and blah, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we've asked also, what are you willing to give up? You got a regular seat at this network. You're making good money. Like one time at the finals. You've been at the finals before, right? It's every year, right? Do you have to do it every year? You're not willing to give up one chance at the finals. And it's not like LeBron James and Steph Curry and, you know, the bigger James uh, Harden who just got arrested in Paris. It's not like the biggest stars in the league. It's Milwaukee. Who wants to go to Milwaukee Rob even tried to get out of there <laughs> like who wants to go to Milwaukee and the desert in Arizona it's not even like they're going any place hey <laughs> let her have this one hopefully next year they'll get it correct and it'll be someplace cool and get back where it can be in you know Golden State or LA or Miami or you know someplace flat not Milwaukee nobody wants to go to Milwaukee Cleveland nobody wants to go there either anyway uh, no, 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 that's not what you get from old tacky Rachel Nicholson. Who was the white man that she was talking to? Let's identify everybody. Who was this fellow who says, I'm just worn out, man? Me too. Black Lives Matter. I'm worn. I'm just done. I, I just, I don't have anything left. What does that mean? And she thought this was funny. I, what does that mean? What are you exhausted about with Black Lives Matter? Have you been out protesting? You got pepper sprayed? Let me find out that was Scott Van Pelt. Let's see. I thought it was so important. They played the audio of her lame apology, but they didn't play the audio of. Let's hear everything that was said in this conversation about, oh, Maria Taylor. I think that's unjust networking. Sounds like the click down at the courthouse in Florida. They sit around and I'm telling you, that's every single victim. I don't care what type of job you have, whether you work at ESPN, you work at the courthouse, uh, you do phone repair, you do wifi installation, you work at McDonald's construction, whatever it is, that sort of unjust networking where we sit around and grouse about the niggers. That's every single job. That's just standard operating procedure. We sit around and grouse and complain about the niggers. Even we don't have anything. We just sit around and make up things to grouse, and complain about the niggers, especially if the niggers are doing well. Like, ooh, then it's probably going to be plotting. What are we going to do to take these niggers down? Incidentally, I thought it was equally important. They sat. this is another one, just like with Ray Rice, any time where they have recordings where you don't hear it immediately, something that you would have had this response as soon as you got it, that didn't happen. They wait a year before you hear about this or 2 I think they said 2019 why are we just hearing about it now all of that is suspicious because white people are conniving whoever made this recording it could have just been man Rachel Nichols got on my nerves this week man. she did whatever or she took my parking space or whatever I'm upset Therona got on my nerves I didn't get the bonus I wanted put that recording anything like that why are we hearing about this now As they said, ESPN has a long, lame record on, I guess, what they call so-called diversity. Next, let's see. Oh, in the cancer culture, they had even lame Adam Silver, who's the uh, presides over the NBA. It's like, man, talking about all this lameness. We had Black Lives Matter stenciled on the court and all that last year. Remember, now we got to talk about all this nonsense instead of being focused on the games. Uh, He says, man, it's such a shame. I don't endorse all that cancel culture and firing people. Incidentally, they didn't fire Rachel Nichols. She's just not working at the finals. I don't even think she lost any money or anything. Incidentally, and and then they pitted against these two women and and all that and get through all of this. The system of white supremacy, not white privilege. They said that lame word, white power, white supremacy is at the root of all this. And again, Rachel Nichols is affirmative action. Next, let's see. Nicole Hannah Jones. And that's another one I thought was kind of celebrity. I've said this the whole time through. I've said the same thing. Black misandry. So if it was Dr. Tommy Curry, Dr. T. Hassan Johnson, any other equally qualified, competent black male, and Nicole Hannah Jones has a white parent, Cowbell point that out as well but if it was just a regular old black male eight black Greek grandparents all born in the continental US would it be this type of hoopla and hysteria and demand and controversy and we got to rally and protest and you got to get Dr. Curry tenure right now would it be that mm, would you have NPR and all these other outlets talking about it every day if it was Dr. T. Hassan Johnson I doubt it seriously. Black misandry. Anyway, uh, so Hannah Nicole Jones going to Nicole Hannah Jones, excuse me. Nicole Hannah Jones going to Howard University, not the University of North Carolina for tenure. Uh, Bravo for her, if that's even cause for Bravo. Immediately, I said, man, unless I've been mistaken in a system of white supremacy, racism, individuals classified as white. Control Howard University and the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill, unless I've been misinformed. If I'm incorrect on that one, at minimum, racist white supremacists can cause a lot of problems for Negro faculty, even at Howard University. And I know I'm not wrong on that one because of the grandsister, Dr. Francis Cress Welsing. I don't think it is a logical exp or expectation that a black professor can think going to a, an HBCU, as they are called, will give you some sort of sanctuary. No such thing exists. Dr. Francis Cress Welsing, Howard University, mm. in the archives, what she had to say about her experiences there, her difficulties, tribulations there. Uh, Incidentally, they said that Nicole Hannah-Jones, that she's most known for her 1619 project, Slavery, White Supremacy, This Part of the World. She's been writing for a long time. When I hear her name, I generally immediately think of her and education uh, because she wrote so many articles uh, talking about education and racism for years in the New York Times and ProPublica and many, many outlets. She was on uh, Melissa Harris Perry's program some years back and talking about racism racism education uh her both her personal decisions and michael brown jr that's what i think of i think the 1619 project is more recent last year or so but she's been writing about racism in education for years uh let's see they talked about having a tacky parade for the essential workers i thought that was so lame like you could i mean it's lots of things that you could do like hook us up with uh get james dolan to get suites for all of the essential workers. You could break it up so that they all get different games. Uh, you could make it so that it takes up maybe the first three, four months of the season. They have 41 home games each season, so you could easily break that up and bring all the essential workers in for suites or get them front row, courtside uh, tickets. You know, again, you got 41 games so you can get them all in or get them all at a minimum. Get them all tickets. Bang! Knicks game, uh, Giants game, like and raise get them all you know tickets to uh cars to starbucks like what is a parade and then some of those very same essential workers you do the parade and now you got to turn around and go all right get all this confetti up get yeah, that's it sweep all that up Yep, yep, yeah yep, yep i mean i'm good that's what they did before right they just this is a more glorified version of that when they would come out and bang pots and pans in the morning doesn't get any better than tacky, half-eaten bag of peanut M and M's. Next, whew, black man. Mis- I just keep saying the same thing. I've said it consistently with like NPR and a lot of the mainstream outlets when they talk about racism in the workplace. A lot of times, it will be very much biased towards. They'll say like uh, women of color and that type of thing. Where another way where they can pull in white women. The whole segment on hair. We've talked a lot over the years about hair issues for black females in the workplace. We've had uh, whole programs, Naturalista Cosmetics, black female who was being terrorized, had a uh, natural hair care site online offering healthy products for black females, Subjected to all this white supremacy terrorism. We did a whole program on that. Talked with uh, the late Pamela Evans Harris, the beauty con gang. All of that to say, we just had Brian S. Bentley on the program Monday, four days ago, and he said, man, my job at the LAPD, it took me almost an extra year to get hired because partly razor bumps. They said, oh, you got to be clean shaven, and that's the look of a professional LAPD officer. And you got those nigger bumps, I mean, razor bumps there. Oh, no, you got to do something about that. I don't know if you need to go see a dermatologist or blah, 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 and all this. So he had to go and do all this nonsense. And he said that was such a major issue. The shaving, we've heard that before, retired firefighter. The lip bumps, we uh, the lip beers, excuse me, for black firefighters. But that's come up repeatedly for black males. Are you going to have locks? Are you going to have cornrows and all all the rest of it like uh, all the rest of it? It's like, man, how is that just totally excluded from the conversation? I totally get it. Black females, lots of issues with hair and the military just made their change in policy. But that's another one with shaving, beards, locks. Cornrows, what's going to be allowed just to have that completely erased uh, from the conversation. Black misandry is an enormous component of white supremacy, racism. Next. um, Even though I do see a value that segment they were talking about taking this program to get, I guess, uh beauticians white non-black beauticians to be professional so that they can also care for black hair i can see a value in that i guess Eh. but white people have long professed that they were not really interested in doing black people's hair so um the cash bonuses i guess that'll be the last piece that i comment and then we can hit the phone lines and stuff i was talking to some of the cows listeners and they were saying man Folks not going back to these crummy jobs like going to deliver pizza and fast food and some of these other occupations like God bless them. I do not blame them if they took the time from the pandemic to say, hey, I'm going to reevaluate what's important. Is this crummy what they call it? Dead end job job is this really the best investment of my time and energy where people are dying all the time and they're talking about all this grief and loss and all the rest of it. Like, man, is this what I should be doing? Maybe I should be doing something else. I think you might've had a number of folks with all this time and everything that is what they are doing. Like I'm going to take this time and see if I can do something better with my time and energy that is limited nobody is promised tomorrow that's been shown to us over and over again over the last year and a half or so so if that's what's taking place and that's why they're having to resort to all this tackiness and cash bonuses and other tricks to try to lure people in I thought it was great that they said hey if you can negotiate a higher salary that would be better than some one time cash payout which again shows that they have resources they could just give people raises they don't want to do that Find some way to trick you in. And once you realize that this is lame, you don't even get your full cash bonus. Like, oh, you only work two months, so you only get $500, not the full 1000 Tacky and cheap all the way. And then when they talked about the exploitation of young people, because they got a lot of older people, said, man, I don't want to do this. I'm going <laughs> to figure out something else. So they get these 19-year-olds. And what happens hey, we'll promote her to general manager. I mean, you talk about exploitation, shack? I suspect that you will have lots of 18 year olds, 19 year olds who are not very informed at all about that work environment. So you can all kinds of exploit them in a variety of different ways. That's why I talk about too. very important to talk to your children uh, about racism, the work environment, so they can be more prepared. But I could see a lot uh, of just being very manipulative, having someone that young. Uh, And then they're being promoted and all the rest of it. And then the resilience, especially, can you imagine being 19 and a black person, male or female, and now you're supposed to be in charge allegedly. And now people, you got to see you try to get out there and you're supposed to be managing white people, even try to go in and manage black people who are maybe old enough to be your parent or something. Yikes. Good luck with that one. Talk to your children about racism and the workplace experience. Uh, the number again is 720-716-7300. The code 564-943-POUND. Press star 61 if you would like to participate I did want to make sure I included it as well. I posted it online. There was a report just within the past day or so in St. Louis, many other places as well, but this is just St. Louis. They said, I believe this is for uh, this coming fall. Is it the fall? Yep. By fall. So this is uh, St. Louis public radio. Uh, they announced yesterday St. Louis hospitals will require all employees to get the COVID-19 vaccine by fall. And I've seen lots of other uh, different state employees. I think I had the report last week where it was uh, San Francisco implying city employees to be vaccinated. I think same type of time schedule by the autumn, something like that. Something to think about the seeming like it's becoming more widespread required vaccinations for certain employees. Uh, I don't know if that's happening in your area or your field. Definitely let us know, is this something you're concerned about? Are you already vaccinated so it doesn't concern you? Is this something that would sway you to be vaccinated? Do we have folks who, hey, I don't care. I'm not getting vaccinated regardless. We have people who are doing the was it the uh, bogus vaccine cards, that sort of thing as well. You can let us know, I guess. Uh, but it does seem like this is going to be more common, especially going into the fall. And especially if it continues like what they're saying with the Delta variant and resuming mass requirements uh, for certain folks or for everybody, if they're inside and that type of thing. Like, oh, yeah, I could see by the time it starts to get cold September, October, I could easily see more of this. We'll see. Uh, let's see. Folks who dialed in with a hand up. Uh, If you have commentary again, if you have folks who have figured out some things that work well, solving problems in the workplace without creating new problems, minimizing conflict, your coworkers and what have you let us know the vaccine issue. If that's come up in your workplace as well, definitely let us know. Did this sway you to get vaccinated or are you resisting all the way? Uh, Let's see folks who dialed in with a hand up line should be open. Hello? Yeah, yes, ma'am. Uh, caller in Georgia.
17: Uh, hi. hi um, good evening, everyone. Thank you for taking my call. hope everyone's having the best evening they can have. Um, I think if you are a younger person working with older people and you are a manager, first, um, if you're young and you're able to get that opportunity, I actually encourage you to get that opportunity, even if it doesn't last forever. Having a manager on your resume does mean something in terms of leadership and going forward. So if you can be a manager, you can um hopefully you have parents or someone that can kind of, you know, teach you some things about the workplace before you get in. But if you can be a manager at a young age, that will help you going forward because you have that skill. I know a lot of times where I- especially black people, it may take them longer to get into those type of leadership roles. So if you have that opportunity, I do say take I personally would recommend you taking advantage of it. And when you're at work, especially when you work with older people, but if you're the a young manager and you work with everyone, I just calling everyone Mr or Mrs, whatever. Um, unless you know they have this thing about the pronouns, just call me, whatever. Then just go with that we we'll call them Mr. or Mrs whatever so they tell you different. Um, I think that would help to establish professionalism. You know, I'm not here to be your friend, your buddy. You know, we're here to work together to get something done. And I respect you enough and believe that you can help help us get this done, but you know I'm gonna need you to work with me. And that's I think that's a simple gesture. Doesn't cost any money um to do that. Uh, with Maria Taylor, it seemed like there was some problem before when she got hired. I don't know what they have. I don't know what's going on with her. She seems to be very confident. I haven't heard anybody complain about her performances at work or anything. But I, I just don't know with her. I'm not saying she's a bad person. I'm just saying they, they just keep seem like something happened last year or the year before, something else with this young lady. And I just hope she can, you know, stay encouraged. Um, the white lady Rachel Nichols, from what I read online, she was talking to, I think his name was Adam Nicholson, and he's supposed to be an advisor to LeBron James. So that could be why he's tired of Black Lives Matter and all that, and that type of thing. I don't know. Um, and also, Rachel Nichols, I'm not saying she's not qualified or competent, but she is also the son, the daughter in law of fame director. Mike Nichols who passed away and his wife when he passed away was noted journalist Diane Sawyer, her mother-in-law and of course she works for ABC and ABC is owned by Disney as is ESPN. Again, I don't know her talent level but you know she worked with family so to speak. Um, In addition, I don't know if people have heard, I kind of saw it online, a young African American or a black girl, she won the Spelling Bee, the big National Spelling Bee, which I was like, yeah, good for her. And then her name came up in trending. I said, oh, that's cute. Let me read about this young lady. I'm so proud of her. I don't know her, but so proud of her. And no, they don't bring up well, what books she read, the study, nothing. that She's a basketball prodigy. Nothing wrong with being a basketball prodigy. But she just showed significant mental acuity, mental, mental strength, you know, she had to read a lot. Even if she watched TV, she may watch foreign films to learn how words are pronounced in different languages to get that together. You know, you don't just read a book and go, I'm a spelling bee champion. That takes a lot of work, and the first thing you see, oh, she, yeah, she won a spelling bee, but she's a basketball prodigy. So, I mean, no offense to basketball prodigies, if you're out there, you know, that's what you want to do, is do it to it. But, um, yeah, then I wasn't really that excited about that. They brought up that instead of just really focusing on her mental strength and her mental abilities that she has. I'm so happy for her, but I just didn't like how they started framing the conversation around her. And um, the black hair care, I understand your point about men, and that needs to be brought to the forefront, but I do know I went to a school, a beauty school, get my hair done, and they're like, oh, we charge you extra because my hair was in a natural state, a state so it takes longer to do natural hair than it does to get perm. And I'm like, no, it doesn't. She's like, yes, it does. And I remember how long it took to get my hair done. It was the same amount of time. It would take me to get, it would take me to get a relaxer like I used to. So, um, and that was, it was a school first ran by white people, owned by white people, but the people actually working in the beauty school salon were black, the school, Beauty school for black people. So, um, there does something need to be done. And also for black men who, would like you said, get locks so or they would get braids because they do that as well. Um,
4: thank you. Much obliged, caller in Georgia. Great uh, recommendation for the younger folks uh, to, you know, if they promote you or what have you. Put it on your resume can look great. We talk about that all the time. Things to give your resume a boost uh, and learn all you can. I think Mr. Fuller was saying that in some of the early audio that I played before we started, like learn all that you can from that position about racism and the job in general that you can apply and use uh, moving forward. As you said, it might not last, might be a temporary thing. Learn what you can while you have the opportunity. Um, was it with the, Rachel Nichols, what they call it, nepotism uh, where you go and hire all your your family members and cousins and brothers and grandchildren and stepchildren and all the rest of it, nepotism cronyism uh, rampant uh, within the system of racism, white supremacy not saying that folks can't be talented and qualified and all the rest but I mean, hey Diane Sawyer is not just my homie, she's a stepmom well then hey, that Application looks even better when I put it on top of the pile, huh? Just saying. I didn't hear that about Maria Taylor, that she had uncles and nephews and stepfathers who worked at Disney or ABC who could, you know get her a few extra jobs or make sure she got a cushy spot at the finals to do some reporting I didn't hear that maybe that maybe that exists for Miss Taylor as well I'm not surprised that she's had some difficulties it seems like lots of black people have difficulties who work at ESPN even though they don't have tons of black employees all the way back to the late Stuart Scott I'm not a medical doctor but I mean hey racism white supremacy does have an impact on health and the late Stuart Scott there's recordings of him reporting wow i am experiencing a lot of racism at this job espn anywho uh that just seems like a lame racist excuse it takes longer to do natural hair did you time do you have a stopwatch how much longer penalty for not chemically straightening your hair other folks who dialed in with the hand up did you have commentary line should be open proceed oh
14: can i be
4: heard yes ma'am okay um was
14: anyone else talking before i chimed in because i accidentally pushed um, speaker and I couldn't hear.
4: Uh, no, ma'am. It's uh, all yours.
14: Okay. Just a second. Okay. Super. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call. Greetings to you and, um, everyone on the line. So I was, uh, I was thinking about the clip. You, you played a clip with, um, a guy, I guess it was basically, um, talking about different people, um, opting to uh, have their places being remote their companies or uh, making or having people coming in the office and, and working. And um, the way he, the, the way he was wording it, it's, it's, it's pretty good because um, either you're going to work here or you're going to find a job that's remote. It, it It's like that. So I, I, I like that because people, I don't know what people think, but you're going to bend one way or the other, or you're going to have to find you and uh, these other people that may want to work from home. And I do understand as far as the office space, because everyone can't work from home because what about the office space? So someone has to fill this space so we can, uh, pay whoever owns it or whatever happens with that. So I like that. That was, that was, that was a good clip. It's, yeah, that's gonna this is gonna be interesting. Um, this corona moving forward. Um, and then with um the uh the um the, the ladies that they're talking about, um I, I don't I remember I uh, see uh the white the, the Rachel Nichols, I don't watch a lot of um bas- I watch. well people the I know ladies that watch basketball so um I'll be there. I won't, you know, I'll, I'll look, but I don't have a favorite anyone. And I'm um, like, I definitely don't watch the lady uh, basketball, but um, I see the, the, the ladies are around and stuff. Rachel Nichols, I see a lot because she's been, a you know, she's been around a lot. Um, I like when you said that she's affirmative action because she is affirmative action. And, and, and when we're, we're we're not looking at that, I guess when you look at uh using it in terms um she did exactly what she was gonna do, and um, I wonder why no one is talking about in this situation the lady that turned the tape in a year ago and got fired i w <laughs> you know, I wonder why no no one's bringing that up um. And it's too bad because with that twist there's other people to in order to keep their job they have to take up for her. on top of the fact that they might already might have a, a warm heart for her because we're so distant uh as people, they may care a little more about her having the job versus the, the other black victims. And um my workplace racism So I have two. I'll make it quick. Um, I just got through typing about the the black boy um, because I I just, I want, I need, if I'm, as long as I'm on the case, I need a different program for him. So that's my my dilemma. I don't want to keep going in there with the same program that was created in the, out of air. When I met with the supervisor of the case, which was in May, wait, June. She came, I saw her in June. I haven't seen her since June. And um, and um um I was telling her, uh, run all these goals. Do, do this. Look at this. Run this. Look at this. Look at how he is. What, what, can we create something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do this. 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 Never happened. Still waiting on materials. <laughs> come to find out our company even like match cards our company even has those I can you know it's it's because we. I started off as far as work I started the only work that I was able to get him to do that was forced was school he does not care for school so with me running the goals from school He's not very interested, and I don't want to make him. He's on vacation right now, so I don't want to make him do schoolwork as goals. He needs a behavior program that's just based on calm body. Oh man. he's 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 hopping all around. I just need. I instead of running, you know, goals. Uh, clap hands. No, no, no. Clapping hands. No, clapping hands. I need something with behavior, just something to deal with his behavior, the jump and just I have, I have to focus a lot of my time on keeping him from jumping off of things. Um, and I'm responsible for him while I'm there. So uh it's hard to run a program of things, uh identify this in the row of three. And he's not, hey, now he's saying stop no, oh, no, and, you know, he's really not interested in it in that fashion, and I just need some help. So since the supervisor that doesn't care about him only saw him once, maybe, I think it only just once. I think she only came one time. Only saw him once. I've been with him almost a year. What he does know, I have to figure out Ways to, I have to make it happen. Um, so I talked to my supervisor because he overlapped overlap with me um, for my other little girl this week. And I said,
6: Oh, could you help
14: me with this little boy? And so, since that's not her case, she said she'd give me some pointers and stuff. So,
6: please.
14: So, we talked 2 o'clock today. My tablet got hot, so I couldn't finish talking, but I got the gist of it out. Um, then I type the rest. Uh, she said she will talk to her supervisor about whatever I'm just, you know, basically telling you. And, um, then school. I don't mind. I, yeah, so anyway, it's just a big mess. So I'm really just trying to help the child while I'm there. And I'm not taking any more children. My second part of racism, workplace racism, is the first client. So, hmm <laughs> The little girl's mom didn't go to work on Monday, so she's there. So uh, she's in there baking uh, cakes for pennies on the dollar. Sometimes I think she does a lot of this stuff. Uh, I don't know. She's, I guess she's a pretty good baker. I don't know, but people like her cakes, and maybe because they're so inexpensive and she puts a lot of work into it, and um, <laughs> if she even charges people. But uh, she's doing this cake. So anyway, uh hmm. The little girl comes in, and she wants to play in the – I guess she lets her do stuff when she's baking. So she wanted to play in the – maybe it was cornstarch. So she wants to play in it. And so she's like, no, go over there. Go with her and do this. Go in there and do this. I'm like, well, she's on her break. <laughs> Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, she's on a break. So she can break me. She can do whatever. She can come play in whatever this is. And so now she's not really interested in doing anything. She wants to play in this stuff. Her mom wants her to, you know, beat it, scram kick. So I just start. I would wipe her off, but she still kept going back and forth to this, uh, the stuff because her mom's sitting there doing whatever. And um so she's trying to make her, no, no, no. And like, yeah, you can't tell her nothing. I'm definitely not going to snatch her up. I'll just wait till y'all figure it out. So then the grandma grandma's trying to, you know, she's just buzzing around. And um so they're just talking and I don't remember what happened, but they all comp- compete in it's like a competition of talking. So, as soon as you say something, they got a story just like that, that's better, or better. And this is it. So, it just turns into that. Or, I got to finish it. And so, the lady, the grandma, they're talking about a tree, a, uh, some kind of tree, because, you know, that's Japanese and Spanish. Uh, Spain, or whatever. Yeah, Spain, not Spanish, Spain. So, uh, a, a tree that the, uh, maybe a, we're talk- mostly we talking about plants or something. So a tree, and grandma mesta came down. The grandma from Spain or uh, came down and um, planted this maple tree. And then so the girl gonna say, no, she did not. And this is the daughter, the mom of this child. So then she says, yes, she did. Um. So then um, she's like, no, she didn't. She's like, well, no, my mom planted that tree. That's why this and that. The she no, she didn't. You know, then so she's. I said, Well how old were you when <laughs> this happened? Five. That's why I know she didn't plant the tree. And I'm like, oh, okay. So then um the mom um the grandma was saying something so she's explaining, you know, whatever the pattern was because she's the adult So Her mother planted the dog on tree. You know what she's talking about You're five. So then whatever happened I say, Oh, okay, so maybe that's when she planted that tree. When you weren't around because you thought. Maybe. No problem. So now the lady's saying something about something. So how somehow or another, talking about, I don't know, the grandma was just talking. So I'm talking to the mom about the little girl. And the grandma chimes in about something. Oh, no, that, I something that I did that. So I said, um, oh, okay. And then she said, oh, no, no, that was, uh, no, that, that was Sambo. That was Sambo that did it. So then I just go back talking to the mom. So then I said,
6: "What did you say?"
14: And she said, "Yeah, that it was Sam." But I said, "What color was the cat?" And she said, "The daughter said black." And then the grandma was like, "Why would you ask that?" So I said, "I just want to know. I'm just trying to, you know, because you, I did you threw, threw me off. I was, I was not like that. I just, I just wanted to know. I'm just asking a question." I thought I just I thought I heard Sambo and cat. You know, so I named him that because he's black. I was like, no, that's no, it's all good. It's, it's good. And then so the grandma then jumped out of that chair because the daughter then spun around and running around looked at her like, why would you? And so then she coming out here. Comes grandma explaining. <laughs> so grandma said, "Well, we don't know. We're immigrants, so we don't know." Um. Anything, cause you know when my dad, when I first got here, my dad was saying don't say Negro, and my dad was saying don't say Negro, Uh and I said, well, Negro means black, and you know, cause that's the color, because it means black, because that's the color, because it means black. I said, yeah, uh uh-huh, I know. Yeah, I did. I see that the you of know, crayons, Negro. Yeah. And she, yeah, and you know, cause oh, we don't know anything about race or anything. We didn't even know, you know, and then I said, well, next I call them my little, little uh, niggeritas, you know, or whatever. It's my little black dots and just because niggerita means, um, um, I know it's like, uh, something real sweet for black. I know that from maybe an Ecuador client I had, but anyway, because they always throw that up and it's always, a, oh, they're always trying to act like, <laughs> oh, people correct me up. Anyway, so she's fighting for her life now, and I'm just looking at her because all I asked for was was what color was the cat, and you know her her son named him that. So her son is an adult; he's like born in the '70s, adult, like maybe born in the '70s, adult, that kind of age. And um, so somebody knows about racism. Somebody knows something. To name the cat Sambo and then say, I'm going to name him that because he's black. And then you turn around and say, you're an immigrant and you don't know anything about color or anything, or race. And then you got to throw up your stuff. And You know, even if you look at me, you would think I was, um, 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 why did you hear my accent? And then people were racist about that. And people, and, and, um, so, um, and even with, you know, because I, I, at least I didn't say nigger. At least I didn't say nigger. I said, <laughs> no. oh, okay, because and you know, because I, because you guys, you guys say nigger, you guys say, why do you guys say? Then it the got, of course, it's my fault. Of course, it's my fault. So now, because they had tambo, now she wants to know why we be calling each other nigger, nim. To each other all the time, so
17: I said, "Well,
14: well, I already know why. I already know why. Because I asked my black friend, <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, the reason why you guys doing this because we can't, nobody else can." Like, oh, okay, well, so anyway, uh, back to the mom. So I brought it back to the mom and kind of tried to wrap it up a bit, and then Grandma had to go drop the baby off, but. That was my work for racism, and
4: um, thank you for taking my call. I'll mute my line. Mm, mm, mm. Context of white supremacy, Bay Area mom, back to masks. That's one where I would be glad, like, thank you, Governor Newsom. I'm going to put my mask on for all of this so I can just sit here with my mouth gasp. Like I cannot believe what I am hearing. (laughs) They'll they'll be none the wiser. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I haven't had an experience like that when to be in the workplace and... What's the cat's name? Sambo! What color is the cat? He's black. (laughs) He called him that because he's black. And then to have people interceding like whoa 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 we don't we, we're we ignorant about racism. I mean hush up we don't know anything about racism. We're ignorant. We we just we just got here and you know like uh we didn't call a nigger uh I'm an immigrant like let's just get back to the um uh, plan thank you. Thank you, Sambo. Um incidentally uh, with anything like that, I would do my best. She just stayed in the question lane. What's the cat's name? Mm, what color is the cat? Mm. <laughs> Staying in the question lane, I see. Mm, mm. Uh, within, once it gets to, you know, why do you all call each other like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's just get back to the plan. Or you can even stay in the question lane on that one. Like, have you heard me use the word nigger? Nigger, any other derivatives? No? Oh, okay. Well, perhaps you should save that question for when you bump into a nigra who uses that term. Incidentally, this would be another painful reminder of uh, it basically all means the same thing. Black, Negro, nigger, nigga, Sambo, african-american you can add a whole lot of others but they basically all mean the same thing uh now she mentioned the black child uh black babies cost less and just the goal of getting him to not be jumping off of things and what have you the grandcester when you play around with sex the joke is on the offspring People not even being concerned. She said the supervisors not even concerned about the goals. Like whatever, he can jump off the the what do they call it? The uh, banister, break his neck, whatever. Not my concern. We got other things. We got our Zoom call and our plans for the summer. Like we are not concerned about some shiftless black child moving on to the next thing. Um, incidentally, I did not know about the person being fired for the uh, initial recording of Rachel Nichols layers as I said like I said anything where they wait a long time before this becomes an event that in and of itself is suspicious and I see lots of that in the system of white supremacy due process let's go ahead and deal with this and move on as opposed to we're going to drag this out and wait two years and then spring it on you right after 4th of July like come on come on got enough fireworks Uh let's see Much obliged Bay Area mom, uh, Sambo in the workplace. That is, uh, that's a good one where you don't lose your composure. You're not cursing folks out. She exactly what she did. Exemplary. Oh, what's the, what color was the cat? Oh, okay. You said, what was the cat's name? Sambo. Mm -hmm. (laughs) She didn't say she was, what? Sambo. Oh, wow. Nope, nope, nope. Just being caught, even when when she said the grandmother hops up. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. We're immigrants. We didn't say that. I didn't mean to say Sambo, Negro and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like I said, I just would not. I am not here to explain to you, Negro or any of the derivations or why this is said in the history of Snoop Dogg in L.A. Like that's not my job at all. I'd still be updating my resume though, because like, man, this is. I guess this is a good day. Shout to Ice Cube. Like on the job. Like I guess it could have been worse. Like woof. Get me out of here, please. Uh let's see. The number again. 720 716 7300 the code 564943 pound. Press star 61 if you would like to participate. Well, uh, let's see. Other folks who dialed in with a hand up. If you have commentary to share, lines should be open. Proceed. Hello. Greetings, Rachel in New hurt? York. Yes, ma'am.
19: Uh, good evening to all. Um, my report. Uh, I wanted to start with a uh, question about vaccination. Um, So right now, I'm not having any issues with vaccinations. one's asked me about it at work, which is great. Um, But here's my report for the past two weeks. Um, So the non-white female that I work with has gone on vacation. So the director, white female, asked me where she went on vacation. But part of my code is not to talk about other co-workers, especially non-white co-workers. So I just told her she was visiting family. I noticed that um, the white female nurse practitioner is not really skilled at drawing blood. She states, um, and because of that, she states that anyone can do it with the GED, but she has difficulty doing it. She also asked me if I spoke to the non-white female co again, about her vacation. And, again, I did not give her any information about what's going on with the non-white female, and I told her I do not contact co-workers when they're on vacation. Um, And during a meeting with all the clinical staff, I was thanked for covering the nursing um, station duties on my own. The director made a comment. Um, She said, "More, uh, I was more grateful than the non-white female. This makes me think um, that this is a racist way to put me in competition with the non-white female that I work with. Uh, The clinical staff is also being given weekly lectures about trans people, it's conducted by a white male who identifies as a gay male. I listen, and I also, um, but I don't ask any questions. Um, I have adopted Mr. Full's code to call people what they want to be called. Um, and the last thing is, um, during my next supervision, I plan to talk to my supervisor, white female, about working from home. I'm thinking about whether I should stay one or two days, or leave the question open-ended.
4: Okay, thank you. That's my report for this week. Hmm. Much obliged. Rachel R.D. said she has not been harassed uh, about her vaccination status, which is interesting, working in the health field. like I just read that report in St. Louis. They're requiring uh, health employees in St. Louis. You have to be vaccinated by this fall. And, yeah, that's... Right on. They're not gonna ask. Right on. Don't ask, don't tell. Love it. Uh as for working from home. Hmm. Be internet folks listening in have thoughts, you can email until justice at gmail dot com or if you're with us star six one and we'll hear your thoughts. Uh, I'm always for be greedy because that way you can negotiate. Like if you ask for three days and they say, we'll give you two, hey, whoopee, we'll take that. You ask for two, and they give you one, right on, we can take that. Uh, you can leave it open and see what they say. But, yeah, I, I love it. I ask your mom uh, with young children, or at least a very young child, um, yeah, I would ask, and uh, I think either the open-ended or at least two days, maybe even three. You can start with three and see if you can get two days out of it. Because I think they'll probably want to try and be stingy and do one. Uh so if you start with three, see if they can give you two at least, or you can start open ended and see what they say. But I love it. Ask, you're qualified, you're doing great work. Uh just thank you for being taken over the nursing nursing station and you've shown your competence and what have you. I say ask. The worst they can say is no and uh Might even get it. Uh, I'm all about be greedy, though. Uh, I think either open ended or ask for three days. See if you can get the two Uh, asking for three, thinking that they'll say no for three, but maybe do two. That would be my thought process on it. Uh, If we have other listeners, if you have, you know, tips or, or how you would do the request, do you think it would be more advantageous to do it open ended. Maybe would you be more conservative and just. Ask for two days. See if they give her one. Maybe even just ask for one day. See if you get that. I don't like the one because then you have it's nowhere to go. If you ask for one, I guess they could do a half day. Eh, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, always at least two. At least two. I say ask three. Um, the keeping you in competition with the non-white worker like that is so common. Uh, they do not want to see non-white people like cooperating, courteous, work together. Nah, absolutely disgusts racist man racist woman they want gossiping you heard where she's going on her vacation i love it having a code like nope i do not discuss any details like and then to have two different people like hey uh did you talk to cara since uh her vacation oh isn't she and that's what i love it you could just come back Oh, I thought Carl was on vacation, isn't she? You can still be in the question. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I don't know. I didn't know. I thought, you know, you might've, she's another nigra, You're a nigra. I thought you all made a talk like, Oh no, I don't talk to employees while they're on vacation. That would just be my codified response. Like any nigger in the building, they go on vacation. You already know Gus is going to say, I don't talk to employees while they're on vacation in fact i might even switch it up on them from time to time say, i don't harass employees while they're on vacation sending a tone like how dare you ask have i been calling to check-in and what are you doing and even she's on vacation we'll get at her when she gets back no i don't know anything about her vacation we'll get her when she gets back the snooping just prying, prying prying you talk to her you heard from her she yet they're doing any drugs snooping snooping now this is talking to you Now imagine what that sounds like when it's just exclusively white people Dr. Wellsing used to say what do white people talk about when there's no niggers around that's when they talk about the Ah, uh, and then to get you all in competition like we just we want to thank you you know, you're you're not like the rest of the Negroes that work here. You know, you're so grateful. You know, that other Negro hussy, she wasn't grateful at all. She just sat there, looked all surly, you know.
9: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Straight from
4: that. You don't have to say a word. That's that's one. I would chalk that as gossip, too, to just sit there because it's it's like, uh, how would I say it? It's it's as though ostensibly they're giving you a compliment like, oh, yeah, you're such a great worker. But it's really how the young folks is throwing shade. But I say we shouldn't say that because that's another one where it's something foul, something bad being associated with darkness, blackness. That was even in the audio. It's a dark time. Uh, so I try to get away from that. But it's it's seeming like it's a compliment. It's you, but it's really it's double duty. Like I get to put down another Negro who's not even here with just gossiping, gossiping talking bad about this person and gossiping. Maybe if we talk bad about it, then you'll be a little bit more willing to get, come on, you know a few details. Where'd they go for a vacation? She off doing drugs. She's smuggling drugs. And she's a mule in the Caribbean. That's what she's doing. Like, come on, come on, come on. Does not get any better than tacky, but I say ask for at least, uh, or ask for three days and or leave it open just as a mom, young child, trying to breastfeed and take care of my family during these perilous times. It would be advantageous if I could work from home a certain number of days per week. Love it or if I could work from home three days and they'll say, Oh my God, that's crazy. This nigger has lost her mind. We can afford maybe two. I like, go, oh, woohoo, take my two days, make Monday and Friday, get to chill and can have was that, four day weekend every week. Uh, let's see if we get input. If folks, uh, what do you think would work best? If we have had anyone who's already done this, if you've already made your request, I would like a hybrid schedule. Which way has worked out? Did you ask a set number of days? Did you just leave it open and boop? they gave you, you know, said take how many days you need. Like, has anybody done this and it worked out well? Give us some tips and or just if you have some logical thought as to what might be uh, received best. Asking open-ended, three days, two days, one day, what do we think? Uh, folks have suggestions for Rachel in New York, uh, your own situation, 720-716-7300, the code five six four pounds press star 61 to participate. Any tips, Rachel in New York? folks can take a sec think about it Uh, again if we have any anyone who has made this request already if it worked out well you got the number of days that you wanted or if it didn't let us know you know what words did you use in your request Uh, and then we can you know kind of see what has worked what hasn't but they say hey this uh, labor market many folks have had that advantage to make that request and have gotten it so hey the worst they can say is no Uh, let's see while folks are getting their thoughts together oh wait a minute did I get everything the GED anytime someone mentions a GED I think of Mark Furman uh, and the anti-sexual behavior being promoted there was Gil Garcetti got nominated not Gil Garcetti I said the wrong Garcetti Eric Garcetti was nominated for what was it? Uh, an overseas post? Was it Palestine? I forgot the exact location, but the mayor of Los Angeles got nominated for a post, overseas post ambassadorship from President Joe Biden uh, today. Now, uh, uh, let me see if they give the. They probably don't mention it here, but. I said, wow, that's interesting because the LA Times, they just had a report uh, that uh, Eric Garcetti, a staffer, was engaged in all kinds of inappropriate conduct in the workplace and that this wasn't uh, being addressed in a correct manner and that Eric Garcetti knew about this. Uh, Let me see if I can find it because I was like, oh, we talk about this all the time uh, for workplace racism. Let's see. Yep. Former Garcetti staffer describes unwanted kissing by aid. Now this was just yesterday in the LA Times. Uh, And this is uh, Gil Garcetti, prosecutor for the O.J. Simpson trial, and Geronimo Pratt eventually. Uh, He wanted to be mayor. His son is mayor. So everything goes back to O.J. Simpson. A former high-level aide to Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti testified last month that former Garcetti advisor Rick Jacobs kissed both her and her husband on the mouth without their consent and that a male Garcetti staffer separately complained to her that Jacobs made a pass at him they call it equal opportunity employer good gosh former garcetti communications director naomi seligman said in deposition testimony that jacobs grabbed her and kissed her on the lips in 2016 in front of several staffers an incident she called humiliating seligman who worked in the mayor's office from 2015 to 2017 also testified that she complained about the incident to Garcetti chief of staff and a Guerrero, but that nothing was done. I'm not going to read the rest of the report, but it goes on from there. Like say, or I've said consistently, you really have to India. That's it. Uh, Eric Garcetti being nominated as an ambassador to India. That's it. But I've said consistently uh, for the workplace, very important uh, boundaries someone you know comes up to get all close on you and smooching and unwanted touching and petting and feeling immediately do not ever do that again stick that hand out whoa back up like make it really firm with your boundaries that's so much of body language and how you speak making eye contact with people uh just being about business carrying yourself in a serious manner in the workplace that's what i say all the time not being about uh gossip and rumors and that sort of thing this is a professional work environment i'm going to conduct myself as a professional and i'm going to expect professional conduct from everyone else here That's the energy that we want to give off and put off. And again, I would practice male or female. As you just heard in that report, they said this dude is making passes at everybody. Rick Jacobs passes at females, males, everybody practice. This is what I say. Back up off of me, extend your arm. Like you're pushing someone away or knocking their hand away or whatever space back up. Do not ever do that again. And then you can report or whatever you need to do. But man like that all of that unwanted touching and sexual abuse in the workplace is super that's what I said that or that's that's one of many components that I was thinking about when they were talking about these 19 year olds males or females being getting all these promotions and things in the workplace like wow that is putting someone in position for all kinds of manipulation if they don't have support resources in place like wow Context of white supremacy number again seven two zero seven one six seven three hundred the code five six four nine four three pound press star six one if you would like to participate uh let's see other folks who dialed in with a hand up uh, if you have commentary again, so we have Rachel in new york her uh she's requesting uh input folks, which, uh, what would be the best way to go about requesting uh, some extra time so she can be a great mom and be at home and do some breastfeeding and uh, just other motherly things as opposed to being at the office every single day in the midst of this ongoing pandemic. Uh, other folks who joined us, hand up. Line should be open. Can I be heard? retired firefighter in Florida. Yes, sir.
0: Greetings, Gus. Greetings to uh, everyone on the line. Uh, By the, uh, I would say almost globally uh, case of Miss Richardson, the uh, world-class athlete. I believe she's a professional. Um, it reminds me of and i don't want i'm not going to talk about athletics or anything like that it just reminded me of uh some of the uh basis of what a person should be either prepared for or have an understanding of uh when they seek employment go about the task of getting employed uh, that, uh, they should, uh, already have a pretty much, uh, solid foundation of what to, uh, look out for. In, in, my, in my experience and, and thoughts under the global system of racist white supremacy, it's more efficient for white people to be able to harm non white people with, the l- The least means of being identified as a racist, and the easiest way that from my experience is that they have been able to do that is by getting rid of non white people for being late to work to uh who have uh problems with uh altering substances, you know, such as alcohol or, or uh, uh, quote unquote drugs of all types, that sort of thing. Uh, and they have a uh, urine test, that sort of thing. I would, I would advise everybody. Most I, I would, I would suspect very strongly. Most of the people who call, called into Gus program is already scripted on this, but you have nephews, nieces, children of your own. Uh You may be pretty close to some other, some of your friends, young people and just, you know, just constantly remind them or basically have a learning plan of some type of, of, uh, uh, teaching them on how these things are vitally important, uh, when it comes to employment. Uh, so when they are confronted with, with this in employment, that they would have a least problem with it. Or if they do have a problem with it, they would know how to solve it before it becomes a situation where they are no longer working on their job or thrown or thrown off that job. And in turn, it becomes a record with them in future employment. Uh, There is no, there is, there is no proof that marijuana solves Personal problems that i that I'm aware of, uh, so these are some of the things that that need to be uh, counseled with that young person that that uh, I mentioned before that you know that you may be close to enough to have those type of conversations with or have that kind of uh, relationship with that person, or you may be a part of a mentoring group. Is to, or or form one or, or, or form a mentoring group because they certainly need to hear that. I would say the starting period would be somewhere in and around, uh, latter middle school, high school, uh, college, especially, or some sort of trade preparation that a person is, is young person is doing to get prepped by having by being qualified to do something. It could be a welder or whatever, a trade school, that sort of thing, to make them aware of those things, make them aware of those things so when it does come up, they are prepared to make the right decision. And because what making the right decision, you have to be prepared for it ahead of time ahead of time before that urine test, you know, uh, preferably uh, that you're not, you're not uh, involved with anything like that in the first place. So the urine test wouldn't affect you. Uh, And uh, I mean, it's vitally important. It's something that's doable very much. Most of us have a, not just one, but uh, a gambit of young people that they are around uh, that they can have these type of conversations with. And uh, it would be and, you know, still at that point in their life, they they would listen to someone who is uh, like yourself, who has had the experience. And uh, so they would be able to effectively navigate and or avoid uh such situations like miss Richardson because there's no guarantees that she'll be able to uh uh have that opportunity again. I hear a lot of people talking about another four years, but that you can't you can't you can't count on that you know so uh that's basically what was in my mind. hopefully I did a good job of explaining what was on my mind.
4: And that's all I have to say. Thank you. Mediocre, mediocre. Uh, Retired firefighter in Florida uh, talking about Shakari Richardson uh, being left off of the 2020. I get. Yeah, I was going to say the 2020 Olympic team. That's what it is. Even though we're in 2021, but yeah, the 2020 Olympic team uh, saying that she tested positive for. Uh, cannabis and I knew retired firefighter was gonna uh, speak about this. He had mentioned it uh, last week on the compensatory call in, and I thought about it and I said, Oh man, now I am. I do have a segment to play about what happened with her tomorrow for the compensatory call in, but I said, Man, that is workplace racism. I said the same thing he said professional athlete, they have sponsors and all the rest of it. Like, yep, that would be workplace racism, that's her job. Uh, And I said, if anything, the thing that we say on workplace racism all the time, policy and procedure, like I'm not a track and field athlete. I can't spell Olympics. We were just talking about the Olympics yesterday in the book club with Tupac and him being at the 96 uh, Olympics, same year that he was assassinated. Um, All of that said, I suspect. If you are an Olympic athlete, doesn't matter the sport, like weightlifting, track and field, equestrian, equestrian, triathlete, they drug test all athletes. Uh, I think anyone who's seen the Olympics, you should know this by now, that they do have drug testing. So if I'm really serious about this, like, hey. I got to know that I'm going to have to pass a drug test at some point. So, Hey, can't be having any snafus here and all the rest. I mean, they say sacrifice and you know, all that good stuff. Just this is the sport that I have chosen right now. They got drug tests. Maybe, you know, that will change at some point and all the rest of it. But as for right now, they got drug tests. Policy and procedure. We talk about that pretty often neutralizing workplace racism uh, and definitely talking to folks. Cause I've heard that not with the Olympics, like this happens as I think retired firefighter said that part too, <laughs> like uh, in his explanation, like this happens on a regular basis where white people, Hey, <laughs> nobody can say we practiced racism and kept Shikari Richardson off the Olympic team. Everybody knows pole vaulters, right? Triple jump, relay team everybody knows we got drug tested or we got drug testing right can't say that this isn't racism we got policy and procedure gotta follow the rules we can't have athletes doping went through all that with lance armstrong and blah 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 blah. so gotta be clean when you go into the olympics yeah everybody would have to say yeah that's true yeah 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 this doesn't just happen to black people with the olympics this happens like getting a job at UPS and the poster man. I remember Tyler Craig is a comedian. Y'all can look black male. He recently uh, passed away at a very young age. I think at like 50 might not even have been 50, but very young age, like total disgrace system of white supremacy. But I took, I worked at the uh, black comedy club in Atlanta, which was whole nother experience. Workplace racism too. I remember us uh, sitting out on the balcony I think these are my last two months working there. Everybody at the comedy club smoked, uh, or I'll say this way: many, many, many people smoked cigarettes and many other items at the comedy club. So we're sitting out on the balcony after a weekend show. Tyler Craig comes out comedian. Hey, what's up? I used to talk to him all the time. He's super down to, earth to talk to everybody. And by this point, I'd worked there for a year. I think he was one of the first comedians that I met. So, like, at this point, was like, hey, what's up, Tyler Craig, blah, blah, blah. So, we're sitting outside talking. He's, hey, let's go smoke. I'm like, I am getting out of here, brother. <laughs> I like, think that's all good. That's great. appreciate it, but I am going to make sure a failed urine test is not what keeps me in Atlanta. And he's like, oh, man, I respect. That's great, man. Like, do it, brother. Like, right on. Get out of here. And he said the exact same thing retired firefighter just said, like, man, I know lots of folks where they do not do that. They will be saying, trying to get this job, trying to do this, trying to do that. And then the urine test. If you know that's coming, if you even think that could be a possibility, you're in test. Hey. Be honest, some changes will have to be made. Very important. No reason. No reason to have that be, you know, the thing that stops you from making some progress or what have you. Exactly what he said. They'll be able to sit back and even though like the whole time, you know, we were talking about since we started this with Shikari Richardson. Man, I remember. uh Remember Michael Phelps? He won like 50 billion gold medals way back in and what have you. I've seen like photographs where they're a legend like, hey, it looks like he, he might be doing a little cannabis here. Oh, well, remember Ryan Lochte? back in brazil where he was wild in 2016 got arrested all the rest of it like i have seen some white people like really cutting a fool all kinds of things uh over the years all that said we're still in a system of racism white supremacy and exactly as he said hey policy and procedure we just sit back and point at the rules we can't have athletes doping much of uh, gus yes sir
0: and one one thing that 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 I see that that I've experienced as consistent, the white people that are getting drug tested, they managed to find a way to get, to, to get around it to pass the test. And, and you know that they are, they are taking drugs. I worked, I worked with a guy who was a cocaine addict, and he was a driver, white white male. That that went through an entire thirty-year career and avoided being harmed for getting tested for drugs, you know, and, and uh, uh, you know, and and even beyond the drug thing, even beyond the drug thing, the whole idea of being tardy, just about all of, all of the jobs that are federal related state your your particular county they have these procedures because why because they pay a livable salary salary health care and retirement so they're going to find they will find a way that ends up harming black people that on the entry level And in a lot of cases on the, on the level to keep the job, you know, and these are, these are the, these are the quote unquote potholes. These, these are the, the, uh, the boundaries that affects black people primarily, like I said, without white people having to be identified as racist and, but I think if it's, if it's continuously talked about counseled with young people. That it would probably, it, it would probably register in their minds that this is something that I, I need to expect. I do want to be a firefighter. And if I'm going to be a firefighter, you know, I'm going to have to be a lot careful on things that have nothing to do directly with putting out fires or riding on a rescue truck. And those and those are some of the things that they're not really aware and not really aware of and I really aware of those things, but you can make them aware of those things. And that's all I have to say. Thank you.
4: Context of white supremacy. Talk to young people about the workplace and potential problems, things to avoid. Very, very important. Mm, 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 mm. Especially, I would say, places here in Seattle where recreational cannabis is legal. I think California and a growing number of areas, like, oof, could be a problem. Make sure you're talking to young people and being uh, punctual, uh, as he said. That's one thing I can bring up, like, time and energy like just being on time i think is so important for so many components of workplace racism uh getting a reputation for being on time being early uh even not being late that's another one they do they get you to say, oh yeah you showed up late all right gotta let him go can't give him that uh promotion being timely valuing black people's time i think i brought that up before but oh man especially in a workplace context, any any setting really, but even if you're working with other black people, time like I wouldn't care what it is. Like uh, you're a black person, this black person has requested, hey, you know, you do Wi-Fi installation? Can you come make sure my Wi-Fi is set up correctly? Sure thing, I'll be at your residence 4 p.m. You show up at 4 p.m. and you know they're out at Cold Stone Creamery getting dairy product having a grand old time you know i don't support eating dairy obviously but i mean dang let what is it let a brother know text call something smoke signal let me know let me not be out here wasting my time and energy um that is so important uh and just not wasting uh other black people's times if it's a workplace setting especially not wasting their time and being punctual Uh, for appointments, for your job, whatever it is that's work related, like time is money. That's what they say. Time is money. Have that reflected in your behavior and certainly how you value other black people's time. I think white people system of racism, they have the power to punish us when we waste their time and show up late and things like that. They can fire us and do all these other things to punish us when we waste their time. Black people, a lot of times, we don't have that sort of power, so we can waste other black people's times and things. In my view, that's one way of showing some black self-respect as well, being punctual, being timely with black people. Context of white supremacy, we are punctual. We generally are not starting today's broadcast, supposed to start at 8 p.m. We generally are not starting 8.30, 8.15, 8.10, unless there's some sort of tech issue. Generally, we are ready to roll much obliged uh, retired firefighter in Florida be punctual uh, let's see number again 720 716 7300 the code 564943 pound press star 61 if you would like to participate Uh, Other folks who dialed in, if you have a hand up, commentary to share, line should be open. Can I be heard? Greetings caller in Florida. Yes, sir.
5: Yes, sir. Thank you very much, sir. Greetings to guest the hosts, the listeners and callers. Uh I had some updates I like to share. Uh the first is we had someone pass away, um one of the suspected racists. If people remember, uh this person said he didn't know what fair. Um, he didn't know fair meant white, right? And he said he would have to go and Google it. So this person, I suspect, is a racist or was past tense. So, and at the end of 2019, uh, you know, I, I think he was having some, Drinking issues uh alcohol, but him being classified as white, of course, they would um keep that hidden, so all of a sudden he went into retirement, and myself, you know being a black person, I didn't really find out you know what was the true reason he just disappeared so twenty twenty one they say. You know, I guess he moved up to Jacksonville, somewhere near one of the beaches, um, maybe Duval County, something like that. Uh, His girlfriend found him, um, I guess, dead in his sleep or something like that. So they sent out this email on the same day of the July 2nd, 4th of July luncheon date so you know a couple of people were saying that they were you know surprised and shocked and everything like that you know I don't really have much to say because you know I remember like so much of the racism you know uh, but I just think it was a lot of drinking issues things like that some other things going on as well that, that white people are date. I have to say that like they are very skilled at withholding information, constructive information, as Mr. Fuller says. So when you're black, you find out like, like last after, of course, after the white people. Um, So, you know, I want to start out with that. Uh, My next uh, report Uh, Two pieces. The first part is this is a person, a a white man. And where I work at is definitely uh, predominantly white women that uh, affirmative action. The warden is a white woman. So she definitely uh, has given that benefit to other white women. But a white man, blonde hair, blue eyes. Right. So I'm going, I'm going down the stairs uh, and I encountered this person. He does a lot of things with the tech and computers and everything. So he's opening the door. Uh, It looks like he's holding it open for a white woman coming up the stairs. And they, they, they are both conversing about something. I guess she said she hadn't seen him in a, in a good while or a long time or whatever. Said you look different from the back. I couldn't really notice that that was you. And he says, "Uh, well, now don't don't tell me you've been staring at my butt again, right? You you haven't been looking at my butt, right? So she just in a nonchalant, indifferent way." Oh, no, that's not it. So you can tell they casually talk like this. Um, you know, exclusively with each other. So I just, I just said, nah, United Independent. Um, I said, <laughs> I said, there's no way that I could say something like that and get away with it. How could I say such a thing and get away with it? And, uh, the, the, the white guy, he says, "Well, you, you know, you could. What do you mean by that? How how couldn't you?" And I say, "And I said because I'm not white, so I, I just came out and said it in front of him and another, another white person. So, like, I think like he didn't expect me to say that, so he just kind of like stood there and then it started going upstairs, like, or oh, whatever. Like he wasn't ready for that." So he he didn't really have nothing else to say. So, and I think that kind of stuck with him, you know, next time I saw him, his face was red, right? So, which leads me into when I was, (laughs) I was walking to the car. Uh, So this is a cowbell, right? So, and I mean that to say, and I forgot about this. He, He, you know, he keeps saying, oh, you know, I have this Asian wife, uh, she's in Thailand. Right. So, yes, sir. So he's holding, he's holding up this phone, right? And you know how the phones these days, they have this type of technology where you can show the camera and, and do like this live stream type of thing. So he's like, uh, hey, you know, he, he, he had called me. I turned around and I had spoken to him. So he had the non white female on the, on the phone. So she was, I guess, laying down, I guess, wherever she was happening to be. And he was like, Yeah, this is my wife. This is my wife right here. So I just waved and said hello and kept going. So he was saying that she's in Thailand, right? I said, Okay. And like, why are you (laughs) thinking in my mind, like, why are you saying this to me? Then I thought about it. I'm like, I think in my opinion, he was trying to, um, prove that he's not a racist and that he doesn't benefit being a white person, being allowed to do and say the things that he said, you know, cracking the whip, uh, on these women, um, do this and that, put them in their place. All of these, all these kind of language that I know, I, I know. I would not be able to say just like my old supervisor said these type of things and would try to manipulate me into situations to where I would be the target of saying these things, but they were all his ideas. Um, I had, I had a, another situation, uh, where, uh, There was, it looks like this black female victim that just started in the uh, civil area. The supervisor is also a black female. So she uh, was sitting in a certain area when she first started. Now her desk is her seating area of the area, the seating area that was given to her has been changed. So from the other victim of racism that I speak with, it looks like there are a lot of issues going on in that department. So like I mentioned before, one of the clique members accused this supervisor and the black male director. It seems like she's trying to say that these two are racist. So her and other members are, um, Or have been in this email whispering, the black male used the term, stop whispering and get the work done. So I think him using that term means that, of course, the unjust networking is occurring between those particular white people about this black supervisor. So I don't know if the new black person noticed anything. So, I think there's some issues going on there as well um so it always seems to be the what to where like something like that occurs, and then a lot of them were going to trying to be too overly nice uh I even had a black person right, and I have this one and one more. This is interesting um. Victim of racism, I was, I was helping this black female and a black male about a, a DR case. And I was listening to their story and everything. And, uh, a, uh, clan member, I guess I'll use that click member metaphor. She was helping a white person. So she was going back to the white side and about to, uh, go out of the door. So she turns back around, and she says, hey, you know, is everything okay? Do you need to do a route or anything? Uh, did you need any help over here? And keep in mind, the, the new white person is sitting in the area, all right? So, you know, I just look at her, I say, know, nah, everything's all right, I'm good. And she looked at it. <laughs> the customer, the black female customer, she looks at her and says, "No, nah, everything's good." You know, and then she looked at me and she, she said, nah, "I think she's trying to be nosy. She's trying to be nosy." And I, <laughs> and, and I held in the laughter, right, because it looked like I, I think she assumed correctly, you know, because they they all they still all doing this talking and texting with each other, um, and I, I had one more. Uh, thing I wanted to read from, uh, the website is from the diverse, diversity, diversity and inclusion. They updated their site. Uh, they have like a pie chart. It says, Alachua County workforce diversity. The pie chart shows the diversity breakdown of Alachua County employees last updated. March 30th, 2021. And it says 70% white, 20% black slash African American, 6% Hispanic, 1% Asian, 1% Pacific Islander, 1% Native Hawaiian slash Pacific Islander, 0% American Indian slash Alaskan Natives, 2%, two or more races. So they have apparently like this giant chart where a humongous portion of it is like this blue, like it's almost a circle, and it just says white 70%. So they have it color-coded. Um, so... I think they're going to update that some more in the future. And those are the things I want to share. Thanks for allowing me to speak.
4: Well, caller in Florida, much obliged Two or more. That is another one. Can we get clarification? What does a fella look like? A female, two or more races. How does it even count as a classific? I guess that's President Obama. He's in there and probably a few other folks. Confusion all the way. 70% white. We got who's at the top and 70% like, hey, cronyism, nepotism. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the top. Do, 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 do. do. Say it again sobriety would be best under conditions of white supremacy. Now, we just talked about uh, Shikari Richardson. Totally get it. System of white supremacy, if she had been classified as white, she might be on the Olympic team. Now, they have booted some white people for drug matters before, but I'm just saying, it would not surprise me if she were a white person. Maybe she could be on the Olympic team and might even have a cannabis sponsor. Who knows? This fella, who just passed away at the courthouse, alcohol problem. Big surprise. Does he get embarrassed? Have his What's the metaphor they have right up there with throwing shade? Does he have his name dragged through the mud? Do you know old Roscoe? Mm-hmm. They caught him down in the basement with a bottle of Hennessy. Disgrace. No, no, no. They don't do that. He still gets to retire grow out keep his good name and then he just oh he passed away all oh, devastated. and he said I couldn't even feel sorry just remember that's the fellow that said he would have to google what fair meant <laughs> like, how much a mm. <laughs> like, really you don't know that there was he didn't know that fair meant white like really how old are you white man <laughs> like really I'm gonna assume that a race soldier passed away I don't generally cry about race soldiers when they pass away. I'll just keep that to myself and move along. When they come to pass the card, like, oh, we have condolences for Fred. Do you want to contribute it? No, thank you. It's been really hard. The Rona and all the rest of it. Like, I'm struggling. We'll miss Fred. I wouldn't even add that. It's just no, thank you. It's been a hard time trying to get through the Rona the best I can. Hmm. Let's see. Now, the conversation, I thought this was me, too. The fellow Rachel Nichols was talking to said, I'm tired of all this. I'm just I just don't have anything left. They got Black Lives Matter. They got me, too. They got me questioning everything. You can't say this and can't say that. How are you walking through the office? Are you looking at my butt again? That's another one that I say all the time, like, man, you have no idea who else is hearing this conversation. Like even, you know, let's say you do have a really chummy relationship with a white woman like that. Like, but okay, let's say that exists. You have no idea. You got other clique members who might hear that and, you know, be up in arms. You might. He said last week he had the white woman who brought her daughter in. She might overhear that and say, oh, my God, I'm going to write a letter, you know, that I brought in my young daughter. And we got to hear this nigger up here talking about someone Looking at his rear end and all the rest of it, and I have never heard such lewdness in a court of law. And see, I wouldn't do it at all. And I suspect anyone there, they know. You were like, "Oh my gosh she says, "Man, I couldn't do that. I couldn't say that." Said, oh, call hogwash. What are you talking about? It's 2021. We had a black president. Every war, we had a president of two or more races. Uh, sure, you could have said it. What's the problem? He said, Psh, "I'm not white." uh Oh. <laughs> hmm. He said the fellow left. When he came back, whole face was red. Now you know that's some unjust network What I just say, talking about the niggers. He yep. went in. And, Can you believe that that nigger went out there and said I couldn't say that? And all the every day, he's coming in and talking about this and talking about that. And unjust networking, like whoo texting and we wh- you talk about whispering in the workplace like that is exactly uh what it was that's what i told you once dr wells and she says what a white people talk about when there are no black people present that's when they talk about the niggers. like Ooh, we have got a sassy nigra up front Woo. uh let's see then then he said the other white fella who has made all these racist jokes and cracked the whip and all this He comes and says, hey, hey, fella, look at this, look at this, look at this, look, 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 see, see, that's my wife there, see that, see, look, 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 look. I'm just, you know, (laughs) I could be totally wrong, I don't know any of these folks. If he was married to a white woman, I seriously doubt he would have demanded, you got to come, look at my white wife, look, 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 come, 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 look, 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 look. I just... (laughs) I haven't had that happen to me. White people, you know, got pictures of their wives, spouses that they demand. You got to come right now and look at their or much less have them on some sort of whatever it is, uh, WhatsApp or whatever. They're on live and you got to come, you know, wave or say something to them or whatever the case. Um, incidentally, like I, she's in Thailand. He's back in Florida Like. I was th- like, is this some like catalog setup? Like how did you all meet? Like I don't know, did from what you saw like was she significantly younger than him or did they look age appropriate?
5: It, it looked it looked like she was uh around his age, but I'm going to guess that she was younger. I'm not sure how much younger, but uh, I know he has spoken about uh, this relationship in the past and about him being white and she's Asian and things like that because I work in an area where the lady of the black female does the marriage licenses. So I guess that brought about a conversation about how, I guess he feels left out being in that country. So he's trying to say he's the white victim and everything, but at the same time, he's making these comments. So I don't, you know, I don't feel sorry for him. You know, I don't feel sorry for him. It ain't really logical. And he knows about these chats because see he has access to these emails, to the, the game. Okay. To the, the white, Female gang, all of the names. Even when they tried to erase the messages, he knows. But see, he but he's white, so he's not gonna give too much information. So he a part of the the criminal act, in my opinion. So, but yeah, he he has been with this person, this uh, so called Asian person, for at least about three or four years. I'm guessing. So yeah, that's as much as I know on it.
4: Hmm. I would be kidding not that I'm you know encouraging like snooping or anything like that I'm just personally curious like how did they meet like is this some catalog set up were you all at the library or something and that like hmm. race so all of that is suspicious and him trying to you specific I gotta make sure that you negro male see that I have this here Asian woman this is my wife see see I'm not a racist see see like yeah yeah (laughs) maximum racist aggression as Mr. Fuller says um the poor uh black male now when black people are getting along and are you know harmonious sharing constructive information not brawling no name calling they come and move our seats all around these white people can come in and (laughs) what We got to have somebody come out of, "Hey, hey, hey, let's cut out all this whispering and get some work done. Are we in kindergarten? like what is going on? That's embarrassing for people to be having to say this in the courthouse, like, hey, let's move the click members like you are obviously are not mature enough to sit together and still get your work done in a responsible manner. We are going to have to whether it our social distancing. We're going to have to do some social distancing to stop the gossip and so we can get some work done. Like what? And then it's all toxic. It's not like you all are sharing tips and information on how we can get work done at the courthouse. It's all, oh, got this nigger male here. Mm, See if we can get him in trouble. Like what? You hear what he said at the front desk? Oh, my goodness. Talking to that man said, I couldn't say don't look at my butt." Like that's what you're whispering about? Like, come on. Come on. (laughs) let's let's move all the click we need to have assigned seating and move all of the click members so we can cut out all the whispering and then people can focus on their work as opposed to white supremacy racism embarrassing Um, and then the same thing he says he's working The black female comes in we're at the courthouse again you know we're not at McDonald's it's not like people are just coming in let me get a order of flapjacks or you know frosty or something silly I'm coming in I might need a deed I might need criminal records for court activity I mean who knows terminating parental rights like trying to get my uh, passport serious matters and this wife everything alright right? Mm-hmm. everything Mm-hmm. you okay okay Mm-hmm. to where even the customer is like man I think she's just being nosy like what what is going on here? Like, I'm I'm just trying to get my business taken care of. Like, what do you need? That is embarrassing. Like, and that's what a lot of us work with. Why I say we are constantly under surveillance in some form or another. Well, you just have race soldiers who are around. That's why I say that's the way that you have to talk. Even if you, you know, are talking to another customer, you're talking to another black coworker. This person is around sniffing, snooping, looking. What are they talking about? What is he saying? Saying something about racism? Let's see what's happening. That is the work environment. You are under surveillance, so you just have to uh, accept it as best you can. And uh, if anything, it will keep you on your toes with what you are saying and doing uh, at all times, uh, even if you're talking to other customers. But I mean, white—that right there is further evidence white people cannot be ignorant about racism, white supremacy. They are constantly keeping tabs on their negros. think most of us in the workplace, if you work directly with white people, can attest to that. That's it. Much obliged. Caller in Florida. Another uh, week of disgraceful racism uh, at the courthouse and then yes 70% white mm. affirmative action uh, the number is 720 716 7300 one. 61 if you have thoughts commentary again we had Rachel in New York now she was saying hey I want to request I'm a, a mom with young children uh, I want to ask for some hybrid time my thinking is either ask it open ended or try to ask big and that way if they try to negotiate it down you can start at three and they can work it down to two or one uh that's what i think is best if folks have a thought especially if like i said we have anyone you have done this you have went in requested hybrid scheduling if you got it or didn't get it let us know if we got any folks who did this successfully you wanted hybrid scheduling and you have it if you got the number of days you wanted or if it's any way that you you know, wish you had changed things, let us know. But I think open-ended or asking it for three days, I think that is best. You can let us know. Uh, other folks, if you have a hand up, if we missed you totally, or if you have comments, suggestions on what's been shared, uh, proceed. Give folks a moment to get their thoughts together, not do the spectating. We should be here tomorrow. Compensatory call in, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, we'll kind of review a uh, very busy week um, assassination of the Haitian president. Uh, I don't even remember the last presidential assassination. Uh, t- Rachel Nichols and Shikari Richardson. Uh, quite a bit uh, happened over the past seven days and we got through july 4th i saw so many fatalities and burnings uh over the fourth of july weekend which i guess uh to be expected man i am totally cool if i am never around fireworks again like i was absolutely appalled with a number of different they had uh the truck that accidentally caught on fire had all these fireworks in it and they exploded they had, to, they had to cancel the fireworks show and they said that the fireworks crew the workers refused medical care now you want to talk about insanity like man psh, you, there isn't enough patriotism in the world uh, I've got caught up in all this explosion and all the rest of it I'm good give me a band-aid the fireworks show must go on Please put that up there with football. Uh, but we'll be here tomorrow. Compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern at 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, and then you can check Black Talk Radio Network uh, for other programs looking to uh, broadcast the middle uh, of next week. Hopefully more constructive uh, information. I'm so thankful we don't have all that ugly uh, heat that we had here last week in Seattle that just made it miserable uh, to be out and about. We're back to normal Seattle uh weather so you can be outside and enjoy. Uh but we'll tomorrow compensatory call in check Black Talk Radio for programs in the middle of next week and continuing throughout the month of July. Hopefully counter racist, constructive counter racist content. Uh let's see. I'll double check in and see if folks have any other suggestions, thoughts to share Uh, If folks are content, we'll give it a minute or so, uh, and then we can wrap up, get ready for tomorrow. Folks can get out and enjoy the rest of their Friday evening. Um, Still beautiful, sunny uh, out here. Uh, White people still living their best life. Boating, floating at the lake. I haven't seen any more of the uh, enormous pink flamingos, but living their best life nonetheless. Uh, let's see. Other folks dotted commentary uh, to share any of the observations or tips to share. Folks, uh, maybe I'll check one more time, see if folks are anything else or folks are all satisfied for today. I don't think we heard any vaccine or I guess we got the one, but. Uh, from Rachel in New York, any vaccine updates? That is one I will be very curious about, especially as we kind of get <clears throat> maybe closer to the beginning of fall, because that's where a lot of these different places are saying, hey, and uh, school especially, school, uh, both at the uh, college university level and K-12 through here in the states, that's going to uh, be a big time in terms of these uh, vaccine mandates, uh, because a lot of the colleges are saying, oh yeah, vaccines for the fall and then a lot of the employer uh employers are saying that workers will have to be vaccinated uh come october september whatever it is uh so yeah i will be very curious if that's starting to impact people on their jobs if there's more uh pressure or people are being t- told explicitly you got to get that jab that'll be you know folks can either write in or let us know uh as we kind of tick down towards the uh beginning of uh, September uh, when all that will probably get a lot more serious, but uh, I will be very curious to hear if folks uh, because we've had a lot of folks who for many reasons, logical reasons are uh, hesitant uh, about getting the vaccine. I myself am not vaccinated at this point Uh, so I will be very eager uh, to see because they might have, you know, at some point it might be that you might have to be vaccinated to fly you know, like that wouldn't surprise me either. So it will be uh, quite a bit, and especially they're saying, too, the, with the uh, Delta variant now uh, that they're saying is spreading and is causing all of these problems and what have you, like <clears throat> that, if it's any sort of flirting with, because I think California, they said uh, a mask mandate has been resumed at the Capitol. Uh, and I think other places are talking about resuming perhaps a mask mandate when they were just being relaxed in some regions if anything like that is being talked about or another potential, uh, shutdown in the autumn or what have you, I could definitely see a much more aggressive vaccine or else vaccine, or we're not going back and doing all that again and blah, blah, blah. And we just got out of the house and vaccine or so let us know, like I said, if it's, um, email until justice at gmail.com. Uh, if you know, you are, uh, if this is going to if this would cause you to go ahead and get the vaccine uh, if this would cause you to just switch jobs like let us know because I suspect or at least let us know if you you know are already processing thinking about uh, your decision with regards to all of this because man I, this is one I don't think you want to wait until the last minute and then be trying to you know figure it out or what have you this is one we should all be processing and trying to make our best decision now so yeah That'll be curious. Hopefully we'll have more input on that as we get a little closer to September. Anywho, uh compensatory call in tomorrow. Book club uh continuing next week. Oh, from the book club, I forgot. Brian S. Bentley. I was gonna make that a sound clip, but we had so much uh audio I didn't, you know, include. I said I can use it at another time. Mr. Bentley, blackmail, he said on Monday, he said the uh his coworkers. White officers, they would get drunk. Sobriety would be best. They would get drunk and go to uh, Memorial Coliseum. Now, I think that's where the flipping 1984 Olympics was at. Memorial Coliseum, like, gee whiz, Carl Lewis and everything, unless I'm mistaken. Anyway, so he said they would go to Memorial Coliseum, USC Trojans and all, and they would have gun contests to shoot the lights out at the Coliseum. Now, this is what this was their happy hour. He said he went one time. And after that, eh, I didn't do any more hanging out with colleagues after work. Like I am good. This is not constructive. Once was more than enough. Now I said immediately sobriety would be best heard that many times during the broadcast today. That is for sure. Number one. But I mean, any event, alcohol and white people alcohol and firearms like oh my god <laughs> isn't that a criminal act like uh unlawful discharge of a firearm don't they arrest people of that you go out there and shoot out of a fire? let's us go out there and have a we're gonna have a gun contest and shoot out the lights at memorial stadium and see what happens <laughs> don't hang out uh and drink with your buddies uh your colleagues i wouldn't care if they're all black people that is not a good idea be professional. You can go out. Sobriety would be best, period, even if you're not working, but you can do all that on your free time. Uh, you do not need to going out and be doing rowdy things that could potentially get you arrested or cause problems where you end up being fired uh, because of nonsense you were doing with your coworkers off hours. Sobriety would be best. Uh, any other th- uh, thoughts folks need to make sure they get in?
5: Hey, yeah, have you heard?
4: Caller in Florida. Yes, sir.
5: Uh, yes, sir. Thank you very much. Um, I was thinking about when it comes to uh, taking time off. Like, I know for our, um, our department, we have, like, a calendar. I don't know if the, the victim of racism works in an a area where they do things to where they have, like, a calendar in their email app because we use the uh, Outlook email and I was thinking of like she could possibly send type of an email, a question through the email see if she could do it that way. Um, That's the way that we do it at the courthouse. It seems to be constructive and to see if there's any kind of way that they can provide coverage. For the types of uh, job tasks that she does. I was thinking of that. Um, and, and I wanted to, uh, add two other observations. There is a black male bailiff, sheriff bailiff that they have, uh, introduced this week because we've had some trials going on upstairs, uh, and, the the race soldiers, especially the sergeant who's been trying to be I guess on his best behavior, but now this is this is the same person that said to another black bailiff, I think Gus you'll remember this, uh he says to the, the black victim, you know, don't go out there and get the COVID or something or some kind of virus as the guy was about to go outside or catch some kind of sexual uh, transmitted disease. So, I haven't seen him treat this guy that way. Uh, but I can expect, you know, racism to come from the sergeant. Uh, and I wanted to share another one where this is a, a older person, right? She used to be a supervisor. And she went to and this is a white man, a white woman. Now, the black male is the court director, right? Him and the black female is uh, communicating constructively in an office. Now, you can see the two of them through a glass, like a glass structure. They're seated speaking to one another. A victim of racism, a black female said that this white woman walked past where these two victims were speaking, walked to the juvenile area department and says, Oh, have you seen your boss? Now that is racist and white people well um on like where I work at they'll use terms like, you know, what are we doing? or have you seen your boss? And she says, Have you seen your boss to a white man? And she says, "Also, you know, have you seen where he is or anything like that?" And the white man he says, "Oh, where else?" Just that like concise little comments like that, and they're basically in practicing racism, talking about they're talking to each other. She just walked past and saw where he was, but went to to this guy's desk have you seen your boss and have, you know, do you know where he is or something like that? And he responds, oh, where else? (laughs) You know, that's, I think that's white supremacy um, being practiced and the white woman initiated it and he responded just like that. And there was one where another white guy replied to a, a black female victim and she was shocked to see that on the new call list that this person that just started, he transferred to the criminal courthouse. And she was like, well, he's just only been here for two or three weeks. and He's not even on the call list anymore. And the white guy, he already, he, he responds and he says, oh, he transferred to criminal. Now he doesn't even work nowhere near where this guy is. So the, you know, the unjust networking has reached and has spread throughout the office. So they all have that um, correspondence and they communicate with with each other and they are not ignorant. And that's all I wanted to share. Thank you.
4: context of white supremacy two three weeks I'm up and out of here like I don't do that spinning my wheels and hanging out in one department for five years like I am making moves and then what happened where is he Oh, transferred to criminal dang two weeks really making moves man power moves 70% man 70% networking is strong uh, yeah that flippant attitude the uh, where else like I think there, I think he's commented a number of times about the general disdain for I don't want to say a black person in ch- a so called black supervisor I'll say it that way uh, where it seems like a black person might have some sort of uh, title or position the same kind of disdain that we heard at the beginning. They were saying, hey, what is it like having uh, a 19-year-old and you're a manager? You know, some people have some resentment about that. Negros are perpetual children. Boys and gals. So that same sort of resentment. Like, yeah, where else? Eh. <laughs> Dang. Really? Like, uh, if it was a white supervisor, that's how you'd sound? If someone came hey, have you seen your supervisor? Man, where else? <laughs> what kind of Wow, so you really have some problems with this guy, huh? Yes, niggers are not supervisors in charge, managers, boys and gals. That's what we are, boys and gals. That's about how he sounded about it, too. Uh, let's see. Any other uh, commentary? Any other folks? Tips? Commentary they want to make sure that they get in? We'll assume folks are satisfied for the week. Make sure I didn't miss any uh, hands grand. Oh, oh, I did. Did. My fault. Uh caller at 5640, 5640. Did you have commentary?
18: Yes. Um, I wholeheartedly agree with what you said about um, us coming to work on time. And also, if possible, coming uh, a lot or much earlier. I've done that in the past, and it's worked well for me. I just want to offer advice for those who do decide to come into work much earlier than their uh, scheduled time, especially if they're making in-person, if they're doing any in-person hours during the pandemic. Don't be surprised if, uh, your supervisor or or if even fellow white coworkers say make flippant remarks like uh, oh you're here early or you know why are you why do you come here so early because that's happened to me in the past just continue to you know uh do your work and uh don't respond to that emotionally uh because i think that they do that to undermine uh us and uh so I just, you know, just wanted to give advice, don't allow that to undermine your resolve in um, just continuing to be a model employee. As far as um, the COVID vaccine, I think that based on my observations, um, and I may be wrong, it seems as though the Pfizer vaccine seems to be the safest out of the other two, the Moderna and the Johnson and Johnson, I've just heard so many horror stories of women experiencing abnormal bleeding, blood clots uh, in between their menstrual cycles uh, with the I believe it's with the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. The Moderna, I I don't have a specific any specific anecdotes about that, but I've heard it's just just some of the uh, things that I've heard about it. It's, I It doesn't seem to be as safe as possibly as the Pfizer vaccine. Um, So that's my contribution. Thank you.
4: Much obliged. Be on time. And that's important, too, about the undermining, like they'll see you and make those snide remarks. Words, man. (laughs) Number one weapon. You come in early. Supposed to be there at 8 a.m., You get there at 745 and do this like habitually. And as opposed to, oh, wow, what a dedicated employee. Wow, I'm so impressed. What, what, what an inspiration you are. And I mean, talk about punctual. Wow, no, no, no. You know, you don't have to be here this early, right? Are you, you, you trying to impress us? Be here this early every morning. You don't have heat at home. wanting to get in to get warm early something to undermine where it's not a wow i can't believe what a hard worker we have here we did a great job what a great asset to that some way to even disparage that like totally ignore it exactly as she said and just continue to show up early Uh, i found every time every time that will work out in your favor eventually get past the comments and all the rest of it, white people will note that. Like, eh, that nigger, but that nigger is here on time. Like, reliable. Like, we got Greg snorting cocaine in the back. Like, we can't trust him to get here five minutes before we start. But that nigger is here on time. Any season, snow, rain, hmm. At least got to keep that one around. Still a nigger. Who will keep that one around? Like, I've heard lots of fun. Uh, Neely Fuller Jr. said he worked three decades. Never late. I suspect him being there for three decades him not being late was a part of why race soldiers did not kick him to the curb uh, in Washington, D.C. And like I said, we've heard a few other folks as well where that became a part of their policy being early. Like she said, not just I'm supposed to be here at 8 a.m. So I show up at 755 like I'm supposed to be here at 8 a.m. And I make it my code. I'm here at 745, 740 every day. I've heard a number and I've pretty much heard every victim white people Noticed and commented on that. Some, what we just heard, sometimes they made their little snide remark. You know, you don't have to be here this early. Or sometimes I notice you get here early every day. Wow, it's right on. Punctual. Mm. Whatever. We'll take both of those as opposed to you were late, so we're going to have to let you go. Be on time. Be on time. Uh, much obliged for the um, I guess vaccine uh, update Uh, we will get more on all of that uh, I guess as it progresses as I said as it gets closer to the fall and maybe people change their policies I guess especially it depends on the second variant that they're talking about and going back to masks and all of that like depending on how the rest of the summer goes and man this has been the wackiest uh 18 month period is trying to make sense of anything like wow it is a lot to process just trying to do uh, do the best we can Uh, any any other comments folks want to make sure they get in make sure I didn't miss anybody else right soon we are good this time much obliged for uh, everyone's participation. Hope it was worthy of your Friday evening. Uh, again, feel free, drop us an email until justice at com. Especially, like I said, if we have any folks, if you have asked, or if you haven't, if we didn't have responses because people haven't really tried, if you work in a job where it's possible, you could be home and do this work still. Uh, if hybrid working has been offered to any other folks in your workplace, at least ask they were in my view the worst they can say is no can't do hybrid work you got to come in okay but at least ask you might be able to get a day like one day if you had to go in five days you could switch and just at least get one day huge difference imagine never having to go in on friday again never having to go in on monday again at least for a temporary at least for six months like man I would enjoy it like nobody's business for six months or like I said you ask it openly ask for three days if you get two days even like man that is awesome so if you have a job where you could you could be at your house be on your computer whatever it is laptop whatever and get this work done I would at least ask unless you you know think that would cause some more problems that they would be really snoopy about what you're doing at home and checking in on you or having some really invasive surveillance that sort of thing i would ask if we have listeners who have asked uh for this uh let us know did you uh what language what wording you use did you go the parenting angle that seems constructive or did you try another uh method to get them to say yeah it seems like you know this is worthy for you to be able to have at least one day or maybe two where you can be at home the health risk did you go that angle Let us know. We have folks who tried it out. And if we have folks who have not been doing this, where you could work from home at least one or two days, I suggest you try it comes December. If you live someplace where it gets cold snows occasionally, at least being able to work at home a day or two. mm, Nice to be able to have that advantage. We'll resume. Well, I guess for tomorrow compensatory call in neutralizing workplace racism. We'll pick up next Friday. Uh, say it again you can insert you know many many names we mentioned shikari richardson and others sobriety would be best in addition to being sober uh if you're going out and about we got through the holiday i believe safely all our fingers and all the rest most of us anyway um if you're going out be very alert to things that are happening around you can't really just be mindlessly enjoying the summer. It's been way too much chaos. If you see anybody that looks like they're being hostile, loud, rowdy, this is not the time to be verbally confronting strangers over a mask or anything else exit. Uh, you should be thinking, whoa, this person could be armed. This person in fact might have a whole entourage of armed folks who are ready to harm and kill if you didn't leave your residence ready to kill and or die exit that's it Uh, if you are driving you're not on the cell phone just doing the small things we can to minimize contact with race soldiers badge or no and we need all of our attention so we can pay attention to what's happening around us that's it another black person. No name calling, no gossiping. Like, man, so much of that in the workplace. That's a part of, in my view, professionalism. I'm not going to just be sitting around and talking about co-workers and all the rest of it who aren't here and in a disparaging manner, like trying to get work done. We have lots of priorities in the year of the Rona. No name calling, no gossiping. Cal signing out. Thanks all for tuning in.
5: Nigga, you're so brainwashed. I'm
4: a victim, no brother. you a victim.
5: Man, I'm up. a victim of 400 years of conditioning. Shut up. The man has programmed my
6: conditioning. Mm-hmm. Even my conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs>